Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. You know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast.
They're getting green. Holy moly. Take off! Yeah! This guy. Thank you! Hell yeah. Great job, man. Now we got a crash. Cars spinning left and right. Buddy, let her rip. Rain like hell, baby. Come on. Oh my god, guys. Yes. Yes. Unbelievable. You guys are the best. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, what a year. All right. What's up, everybody? We're back. We're back. What you think of, what'd you think of that new uh, that new intro? Oh, dang. Uh, we'll get to Super Chats in the middle of the show here. Uh, but thank you very much to everyone who's just been really generous so far. Um, but yeah, we're back. So let's do it. Let's just get right into it really quick. I'm the Iceberg, a.k.a. Jarrett Lumberg. You might not have seen my face before if you're new to the channel. Uh, beside me that way, nope, that way, is uh, Darian Gilliam, a.k.a. Black Flags Matter. To the corner... Down there is Danny B. Talks, a.k.a. Daniel Baldwin. And then Eric Eastep is right below me. He's the host out of the groove. So we're back. Thank you guys all for coming in. Uh, guys, what do you think? Should we just get right into it? Let's get right into it, man. I think it's so. We long. survived the offseason. Yes, I missed you guys. And what let's an offseason season it was. Uh, mm. All right, let's, get, let's roll right into it. Starting off, uh, Eric, you can start us off on this one. 2311 has got themselves another charter from Starcom for the 45 yeah, we, team. We've got so much charter and new team news to talk about. Mm. Let's kick things off. Yeah, one of the final big movers and shakers of 2021 really was 2311. They were the last big team that had kind of already committed to running another full-time car this, this season, but didn't have a charter for it yet. They got Starcom's uh, charter officially for $13.5 million. That's right. I think, I believe that is the most anyone's paid at least publicly for a charter yet um but yes kurt bush 45 car we've talked about that move a little bit already in the past but i, I know i'm excited this is a huge year for 2311 how will kurt bush elevate that program more importantly to me how will he elevate his new teammate bubba wallace this is gonna be a huge year for him yeah it's really a huge year for that team as a whole i mean well first off Derek cope made some bank there I mean, would you say 13 million dollars oh my goodness well first off r.i.p to starcom racing but secondly though yes this is a major year for them now danny hamlin did talk about in the past about yeah you know we we, we do prefer a charter but if not at the, at the um at the very least we'll probably run a second team without it but now they're um, they're definitely secured, and they have a former champion in Kurt Busch, so he should definitely be helping Bubba Wallace this season and that team as a whole. The other story you want to look at with this is the pressure this puts on Bubba Wallace. Yes, we think Kurt would be a good teammate, a good veteran for him to lean on, but also it really is going to show us what is this equipment capable of on more than just super speedways. And if Bubba Wallace can't put up similar performances to Kurt Busch, well, that's not looking good on his part, but we'll be curious to see how the story pans out for the season. Yeah, and to kind of build on that, it's like Kurt Busch isn't necessarily, like he's not necessarily been a championship contender every year, but whether it was Stuart Haas Racing or Ganassi or now going to 2311, he's always going to be someone who's probably going to get a win a year, who's probably going to be up front in the top 15, probably for the most part going to be pretty safe to get in with points. So I think that that should be where we compare Bubba to. Uh, I know that Kurt Busch being a champion, being someone who is one of the most, probably one of the most underrated talents in NASCAR history, if, if I would say so myself, um, 
I think that having that comparison there is going to show you what the benchmark is for what a very good, capable driver can do with that equipment. Now, kind of going a tier below 2311, uh, Richard Petty Motorsports, uh, they sold a majority of their stake to GMS. Still going to have the Petty name and everything. To It's going to be Petty GMS uh, Racing here, Motorsports. Um, so Eric Jones skipping the 43 again. Ty Dillon to the 42. Uh, Danny, kind of start us off there. What do you think about kind of RPM rebranding again for like the like ten, the every, ten years, every, ten, <laughs> yeah. every five to ten years they rebrand into something? They're like the petty. U.S. Census. For, well, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the rebrand right there. First of all, I, I got to say, Petty GMS just still doesn't roll up the tongue right for me. It just doesn't sound right to say. Like I I proposed in, during the off season that the name could have with the uh, Gallagher family having such a strong tie into the Allegiant Airlines brand, I proposed the idea of naming it Petty Allegiant Motorsports, which I think sounded a little bit better, which was, uh, you know, obviously Allegiant definition of that, meaning that you show loyalty to something. And in this case, it would be the the uh, GMS team showing loyalty to the Petty name and then therefore carrying the legacy of the Petty name. But Hey, it's Petty GMS Racing. Uh, I want to get maybe Eric's opinion on this. Who the heck would have said that Ty Dillon deserves to be back in the Cup Series, let alone in the next-gen car, in a kind of sort of competitive opportunity? I don't know. What do you think about this, Eric? I mean, I'm not a huge Ty Dillon guy. I'm not a Ty Dillon hater, but he just hasn't done anything in any of the top three levels of NASCAR that would really get me excited about this. Quite honestly, he's there because GMS is a Chevy team. They have a, a strong alliance with Richard Childress Racing. That's where this connection comes. There's, there's really no other way to put it. I hope he does well. I don't think he'll go out and junk their new new next-gen cars every week, so that's a plus, but I don't expect him to consistently crack the top 20 or the top 15. I think he'll ride around. Eric Jones is the driver there that, once again, I'm watching closely. Now that the next-gen car should hopefully even the playing field a little, not going to oversell it. They're not going to outrun Gibbs or Hendrick on a regular basis, but they might be a little closer. Can Eric Jones maybe sneak into the playoffs? Can he improve? Now that he's also got a near full-time sponsor with Focus Factor, I think Petty GMS, the Petty brand, is in the best place it's been in probably, I don't know, five, 10 years, in the last decade for sure. They're in the best overall position they've been um and it's cool to see the 42 the petty style 42 kind of sort of under richard petty control again i think that's neat yeah like but like jerry's i mean it's like what the third or fourth rebrand they've had in the past couple of decades man you know so like i feel like most diehard like uh, like pretty much every single diehard nascar fan wants to see that 43 back in victory lane on a consistent basis i mean this is a a yet another rebrand another you know team merger and stuff this time with gms um honestly i don't see them having like a a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of success this season but perhaps you know you know, let's see, you know, let's revisit them in, you know, two to three years here. And then maybe they might get competitive to where, you know, you might see one of their, one of their two cars in the playoffs consistently every other year. But I'm with Eric on this, like maybe Eric Jones on a uh, super speedway track could maybe get a victory, but that's a maybe, but I mean, as for Ty Dillon, like, I don't know, I really don't have too many, too, um, too high of expectations for him. I mean, and it's good. He's back in the cup series and stuff, but you know, when he was over at, at Jermaine Racing, I mean, he was criticized for, you know, I guess, quote unquote, stealing Casey Mears ride and stuff like that. And I don't know, he didn't really do a whole lot of stuff besides winning a couple of stages. So I don't know, my expectations for this team this year, not the highest, but we'll see how it goes. Fish Productions does point out in the chat that Ty Dillon has more stage wins than mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's two. He's two goat, stage goat conversation <laughs> just heated up a lot. But I would say like, 
I think the interesting thing for me is going to be seeing how Ty Dillon has kind of learned since being out of cup per se for the most part, as well as how he's going to compare to Eric Jones. Um, now, I don't want to stick too long on it, but I kind of want to just in an you know in a abridged like one sentence kind of answer. How do you guys think uh, Jones v Dillon is going to be when it comes to performance come twenty twenty two? Lopsided. I won't go horribly lopsided. I think Ty will be 25th-ish. I think Jones has the potential to crack the top 20 in points. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Eric on that. Agreed. Uh, well, speaking of uh, like Ty Dillon, somebody who was in the Xfinity series, uh, the Colleague 16 team is mm-hmm. like kind of almost the trophy hunting team. Uh, the ride's going to be split between AJ Allmendinger, Daniel Hemrick, who is now a champion and a winner, as well as Noah Gregson, while, of course, Justin Haley's team's bringing back the 31. So as we've just eclipsed the 500-viewer mark, uh, thank you, by the way, lick that like button. Lick the like uh, button. Danny, start us off. How do you think uh, How do you think Colleague is going to be performing this year compared to some of the other kind of new teams in Cup? Well, definitely. I think they're going to be uh, doing good. I think the win last year definitely gave them a lot of momentum moving forward into the Cup Series. You know, it, it's not easy to get wins in the Cup Series, even if it was as weird of a finish as that one was for sure in Indianapolis. But I'm happy for, uh, you know, Daniel Hemrick to you know keep his name afloat in the Cup Series, not just be, you know, uh, the second place run to a championship from Xfinity Series a year ago. And of course, AJ Allmendinger continues his career resurgence, but I'm really happy for Noah Gregson to, you know, get a chance to try his hand at some Cup Series competition. And even to that point, uh, Justin Haley getting a chance to kind of go full-time in the Cup Series. And and what I, I assume, I, I hope at least, I think that'll be where they focus the better of their equipment towards this season, more so than the 16 car uh, but Noah Gregson, for sure, I'm excited to see how he can do. Uh, obviously, Heartbreaker didn't get to make the Daytona 500 last year, which, from my understanding, he will be attempting the Daytona 500 with uh, Beard and the 62 again this year. But he will probably, for sure, be making some starts in the Cup Series with the uh, 16 cars. So excited for all those guys and really want to see how Gregson can do in the Cup Series, too. Yeah, I'm loving this uh, whole development plan with the 16 team. I mean, like, I mean, they really have a driver for every single track. I mean, AJ, of course, he's going to handle the road course races. Daniel Hemmer going to handle a bulk of the super speedways. And most importantly, Noah Gregson. And I find this most important because I was surprised to see that for his races with colleague, he doesn't have a single super speedway like track to race at. So like it's all it's basically his his part part of the uh of the schedule consists of a bunch of short tracks and mile and a half. So he's getting the bread and butter of the NASCAR schedule. And I think that's really going to be crucial for his development as far as Justin Haley full-time and stuff. I, I don't know. I don't really see, I don't really see a playoff appearance happening, but I mean, colleague for their first full-time season, I think he could, you know, get a top 10 here and there. Uh, Justin Haley, I don't know what to expect from him. If he cracks the top 20 in points this year, I'll be really impressed, honestly. Um, obviously, he could steal a win at a super speedway. What? I think all four of his Xfinity mm-hmm. wins have come at super speedway. So he's got a knack for it, whatever the case may be. Um, but but you took the words out of my mouth there. And the way Colleague is sort of allocating each race to each driver makes so much sense. Almondinger's doing all the road courses. Uh, Hemrick's doing super speedways. And Noah Greg- Gregson's technically doing uh, Atlanta, if you count that as a super speedway. Oh, yeah. One of those. Yeah, yeah. Maybe both. Right. But, is, he, but, is he doing Homestead? 
That's what I was about to say. He is doing Homestead. I think he could win that race. <laughs> he yeah, wouldn't be my yeah. pick, but he could run. He will run top ten in that race. So I, I think he'll have to fight Tyler Reddick for it. But I think if imagine a Reddick versus Gregson in a Cup race oh, at Homestead this year, who would have seen that car. three years ago? Like who would have yeah. seen that coming? But uh, but not like Jared said. That's the trophy hunting car. I think that car is going to win a race this year, just like last year with Almondinger at Indy. I think they'll win a race this year with one of those drivers. I don't know who. Take your pick, but I think the sixteen will win this year. I think they'll get second place a lot with Daniel. Oh, <laughs> yeah. he's a champion he's a winner now <laughs> I, 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 will, I will say um when it when it comes to colleague overall what i'm going to be really interested in because it was really fun to watch throughout the 2010s is if they can do kind of the same thing they did in the xfinity series of having a slow progression up like kind of the running order because i remember when they started they were kind of one of those teams that like you'd notice and you'd be like oh that's cool like that team's in the top 10 for one week here or there and then it was like oh they're consistently a low top 10 team it's like well that's cool sometimes they'll pop up in the top five and then they built themselves into a championship level organization in the xfinity series so i'm wondering like with and again it's not going to be completely set to zero but with stuff kind of being leveled off a little more with a new car starting up are they going to kind of be one of the teams that was uh, sort of similar to way uh, the way that Haas CNC was at the start of the COT era. If you remember, they were not good at all. They were like 30th place team, but in the COT races, they rocked it. They were like in the top 10 and 15 every single week. And that was before Stewart came over and made that team what it is today. Um, So that's what I'm going to be really interested in. Uh, another thing I'm going to be interested in, and we can talk about this later in the season, but kind of talking about the root subject matter of it right now is uh, what that 18 car is going to look like past oh. 2022. And a little bit of a sad news, Kyle Busch's big primary sponsor, Eminem Mars, uh, well, they're going to be leaving at the end of 2022. There will be no more Candyman at the cup race uh, and at the cup level or at any level because they're leaving NASCAR altogether for greener pastures. <clears throat> the NFL is what they mean. Um, <laughs> so I guess yeah, there are some fields there. I guess uh, Darian start us off, man. Where uh, I mean, just what do you, what do you think about there not being an M&M's car in NASCAR it's, anymore? It's crazy. I've been a fan since first grade. So basically since 2004 and every single season, there's been at least like one Eminem scheme out there or, or whatever and stuff. And honestly, uh, you also have to feel for uh, Dalton Good on Twitter. This whole red room's like full of like Eminem stuff or whatever. So he's like, oh, damn. So like, they might be know. doing him a favor, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to have to rebrand a little bit, right? But yeah, but no, I mean, it, I was just really shocked. I mean, yes, over the years, you saw multiple sponsors that had been in the sport for years, like Home Depot, Lowe's, and, you know, many others, like just leaving the sport all of a sudden after many, many years of being in the sport. And now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it seemed like M&M's just was just like, I guess that was like the last nail in the coffin of like some of the major, you know, sponsor giants that have been in the sport for like 20, 25 plus years. And, you know, I had put like a tweet that day saying like gone too soon, you know, M&M's and like a few people point out like, well, what do you mean gone too soon? They've been in the sport for years. And so it's just, it was just so surprising to see them just, you know, because of the relationship they built with both Kyle Busch and Joe Gibbs Racing. And I have to credit Joe Gibbs Racing. Like he still has a, like a few sponsors that have been with him for many, many years. And that was one of them. So like, I don't know. It's like, it's one thing if like, you know, if, uh, if um, a team that isn't Joe Gibbs Racing loses a, a major sponsor like Jet, like like that, but Joe Gibbs, I mean, 
he, he they usually have a knack for keeping these sponsors around for many many years so that's why it was really surprising but i don't know we'll have to see after 2022 what they decide to put on kfb's card yeah i mean what really stinks here is you're losing a, a consumer brand so many brands that sponsor teams these days are business to business. They're not really something that an average fan watching at home can just go to the store, pick out off the shelf and enjoy for themselves. So M&M's is, is a consumer brand and it's extremely recognizable, especially for young fans. I think I speak for at least some people in the chat when they say, when, when I say, when I was a kid, uh, the M&M car was the first car that stood out to me. In fact, the first die cast I remember owning was an M&M's 36 car. I wish I had it with me, but I was flipping through an old photo album earlier this off season uh, at my parents' house. And there's a photo of me probably four or five years old in my little pajamas with the M&M's car. That's before I think I even knew NASCAR was a real thing. I thought it was just a Hot Wheels car that was fun to play with. And so uh, M&M's have been around a super long time, super identifiable. I don't know how you replace that. Like the interstate batteries cars are great. They become kind of iconic and synonymous with Kyle Busch. Cause that, like you said, Darian is a sponsor that stuck with Joe Gibbs and with Kyle Busch for a long, long time, but it's not the same. A little kid's not going to fall in love with interstate batteries, the way they fall in love with the Candyman, the Skittles car, the M&M's car. So uh, it's a tough blow in that respect, but you know, I think Joe Gibbs racing, they're a big enough company. Kyle Busch is a big enough draw himself uh, and he's talented enough he's obviously runs up front enough that i think they'll find um someone or some ones to fill a lot of that space out next year but it is it is disappointing it is sad to see the uh, the end of an era going off of what eric just said there so a lot of these companies are like eric was saying they are business to business you don't see the business consumer a lot of business to consumer products these days are you know and granted you know we know a lot about this being uh having having a large social media presence as it is a lot of companies are getting more out of advertising via social media whether that be sponsoring a youtube uh, creator's video for today or just advertising on youtube in general or just advertising across other means of social media they are finding cheaper ways to get their products seen by more eyes via online that sponsoring sports teams like that and you know nascar teams doesn't make as much sense as it used to with that being said though uh, there is a few companies that I possibly could see coming on with uh, Kyle Bush, and I'd be curious to know what you guys think. I'll go ahead and throw out my uh, prediction right now. I would say seeing the relationship they've established with his son, Brixton, already at such a young age, uh, the, Serve Pro team, the Serve Pro company is probably the ideal sponsor I could see following into NASCAR uh, to continue a relationship with the Bush family. Or interstate batteries becoming the primary. That could be another one I'd say. The Walt Tools keeps dabbling. We've seen Stanley on Kyle Busch's car here and there. We've seen DeWalt on Truex's car. They, you never know. They could expand their their involvement. The, the thing though, I really just I want to keep focusing on is is why this is imp- this this shows why it's important for NASCAR to keep kind of pushing towards a younger audience. They're doing a lot of things and we'll talk about it a little later with the clash that are pu- that are going towards a younger audience, but when it comes to pushing towards kids more, when you you see what they did last year on the video game front doing stuff with I, I um I mean so there's different ones whether it was Rocket iRacing, League. Ro- yeah, that's what I was thinking, Rocket League. Like there's so many different things that they're using right now to kind of branch out. I think they even did something with Fortnite uh because that's still a thing. They did. Um, yeah. and they so just sponsored shows, a big Rocket League tournament like, yeah. last yeah. week. And it shows why it's so important for them to keep pushing like this is because like 
the market right now is changing. You know, NASCAR needs to get their name out there rather than just one car. Like, I know we, I know the cars in a lot of ways are what make the sport in a lot of the eyes of fans. And, you know, you, you recognize the car before anything else. But in a lot of ways, too, when it comes to getting new fans, you just got to get the brand out there. I mean, especially when you have an iconic car like the M&M's car leaving. Um, and that and that's the kind of situation that puts us into having this weekend's race because telling people, hey, NASCAR is racing in a 100-year-old football stadium is definitely a head-turner. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, something else I think is really going to turn heads this year is Cup's 670-horsepower package. Little bitty blade, four-inch spoiler at all races except, and I, I did not edit uh, this part out, but except for Daytona, Talladega, which is fine, fine, and Atlanta. So let's get to let's do the 670 part before we talk about Atlanta. Uh and I'll start this off here with you Eric. Where uh where do you think NASCAR has kind of hit it? Are they right on the dot? Do they miss it whatever? Like what what do you think about the 670 4-inch spoiler package? I think I have not driven the car. I have no idea what, what? what to expect. I have no personal what? experience with it. The car? But he took a few laps. I you couldn't uh, even they, fit in the car. They pulled me out. Yeah, I tried. I couldn't get my second leg in. It was <laughs> yeah, too stuck on the wheel. And, but um, but now, uh, based on what drivers have said in testing, they like this feel more than they've liked any other next gen spoiler horsepower configuration. So you know, it, it took them way too long to get to this point to realize, hey, this is what we need. This is what's going to produce the best product. But I'm glad they eventually found it and i'm glad they weren't they 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 didn't sit on their hands and stubbornly say nope 550 is it even if it sucks we're gonna stick with 550 that's what we commit to i'm glad that they that they sort of bit their tongue swallowed their pride and said you know what we do need to up the horsepower we need to lower the downforce basically from a horsepower downforce at least at least, at least as far as the engine and the spoiler concerned it's going to be like the xfinity cars have been the last couple of years obviously there's other components of the next gen they're going to make it drive a bit differently but you know at the end of the day, it's going to be less grip in the cars. It's going to take more traditional, conventional driver skill to wheel those cars around lap after lap, save tires, et cetera. And I think fans are going to be the beneficiaries. Drivers are obviously going to like it more, but I think fans are going to enjoy this style of racing more than um, than we than the last couple of years of the mile and a half. So I think when, when the 550 package first was debuted back in 2019, it had some great races early on. I think even naysayers would say, hey, put on a show at a few tracks. But teams got a hold of it. They figured it out. And by the end of 2020, throughout most of 2021, the 550 races were frustrating, I think, to say the least, at least from my perspective. I don't think those same frustrations will persist this year. There might be some new ones because it is a new car that they've made a lot of last-second changes to, but at least the dirty air bubble effect won't be quite as significant as it's been the last couple of years. I think that'll be a good thing. Yeah. And also to add too, it's like NASCAR, what um, it has this going for itself as well, debuting this new package this year, because the 550 horsepower package was like one of the most negative, you know, filled, you know, packages or whatever, when it comes to fan reactions and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it did produce some good racing, but a lot of times like you go to these mile and a half tracks and you get amazing racing in like the first, you know, five or 10 laps of a restart, then they start to spread out and stuff. And then, you know, nobody can really pass each other and stuff like that. So I feel like this seven, this, uh, this 670 horsepower package, it is going to be a fix, but I don't think it's going to be the quick fix that um, some of the fan base thinks it'll be. So like, obviously in the tests, you know, you saw guys like Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, Danny Hamlin, like, they, they were spinning out and oh yeah. And also chase Elliott as recently as the uh, Phoenix test. I mean, they were spinning out and stuff. So like this car is definitely going to be hard to drive and stuff, but it's not going to be 
you know, perfect, you know, like, like, I mean, you can look at every single package in NASCAR's history and, you know, you can definitely find flaws with it. Like the Gen 4 package, like, yeah, while we talk about, oh yeah, this was, you know, it was really fun to watch in my childhood. It did have some flaws. Like there were some aerodynamic flaws with it, you know, that uh, drivers had expressed even back then, even during NASCAR's peak. So, uh, you know, like I said, this package will be a fix. It'll definitely be way better than the 550 package we've uh, seen in years past because drivers will actually be able to use their talent to get past people, you know, get past other uh, other drivers, stuff like that. But it's not going to be the quick fix just yet. I'd say maybe give it a few more, maybe like, maybe, you know, wait until like the middle of the season, then maybe, you know, some of these teams might get it, you know, nailed down and stuff like that. So the racing might not be as good, but it will definitely be better than what we've seen with the 550 package for sure. And I'd say don't, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one team that just automatically flies yeah. out in front. Like, like a Hendrick. There always well, is. There well, always. And, and it probably will be Hendrick. Yeah, well, because if, if history provides us with, with enough insight on it, the COT, it was pretty much all Hendrick. It was really Chevrolet as a whole. Chevrolet just got the COT down immediately, and then everyone else caught up the next year. Um, with the Gen 6, it was pretty much Hendrick and Gibbs, which – is pretty easy to see. Those were the two completely easy, to, easiest to see best teams out there. Um, right now, if I had to give a guess, I would say probably I, I, Hendrick or Penske, probably. Maybe Gibbs. It seemed like Gibbs really like got a hold of the 550. Um, I'm going to be really surprised, or, or uh, not surprised, but interested to just see who those ones are are going to be that get it that we don't see coming. Again, that's the thing I find so fascinating about a new car is just the fact that whenever they change up a new car with a new package, new everything, there's always one team we don't see coming. And that's the part Mm -hmm. I'm going to be really, really interested in. Uh, Now, as for someone who is, well, going to really need to get it done this year or else they're not going to get it done again, is Eric Almirola. Uh, Almirola is set to retire at the conclusion of the season. And uh, I guess my question to you guys, and I'll start us off on this one, but my question is, what's Eric Almarola's legacy going to be uh, as a driver? He's not someone who has amazing numbers the way that a Tony Stewart or a Jeff Gordon or a Carl Edwards, a Mac Tenza, Dale Jr., whoever that's been retiring has had. Um, but he's still been a very serviceable driver. I personally think that he's going to be remembered for the Talladega win as well as for uh, the New Hampshire win. I think he's going to be remembered for the good stuff he did with Stuart Haas. I think everyone else is kind of, everything else is kind of going to get brushed aside. Um, but I want to, I want to hear what you guys think on that one. And Darian, you start us off. What do you, what do you think his uh, sort of legacy is going to be in NASCAR? Well, for casuals, they're not going to really remember him, you know, so like, 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 obviously, like, you know, they would uh, a Dell senior or a Jeff Gordon, you know, those types of drivers, but like diehards will definitely remember him for his perseverance, you know, like, when he first got into NASCAR, he was a, you know, a, a Joe Gibbs development driver. And he was like dominating a race at Milwaukee in the Bush series. Denny Hamlin comes in and basically was like, yep, get out of the car and stuff. And you could just see Eric Amarillo was just, he was pissed that he had to get out of that car. And the funny thing about it is Denny Hamlin came back from two laps down to go on to win that race. But that was Eric Amarillo's first career win. So like it counted because he started the race or whatever. So it was kind of funny, kind of an asterisk. Then after that, after he goes through the trials and tribulations there, he gets signed to DEI. Then the eight shuts down. So then he's out of the cup series again. So he's forced to run in the truck series for Billy Blue Motorsports. 
And then he ends up doing pretty good. He finished like top three in the standings, then junior motorsports. And obviously juniors, you know, his eye for town is immense. He gives him an opportunity. And after the 2011 season, he's able to ride it out with, uh, with RPM, the cup series for, um, for uh, half a decade, you know, gets the win in 2014, then 2017, he had the injury, you know, the whole back injury thing and stuff. Then he gets his best opportunity ever with Stuart Haas racing. Now he was never a true, uh, a true championship contender, but a lot of times in that 10, he would definitely, you know, like he was following up Danica Patrick. I mean, like, look, Danica Patrick was obviously a, a pretty good, you know, a pretty good open wheel driver, but as far as NASCAR, you know, her talent, there was much to be desired. So it's not like he was like replacing some marquee, you know, perform, you know, marquee driver performance wise, obviously, but he stepped into that 10, you know, did well for the most part. Obviously, last year, you know, Storehouse Racing as a whole, just they were just bad, bad. But he was able to get it done, scoring their only win at New Hampshire. So I guess in conclusion, you know, like his legacy, like diehard fans are definitely going to remember him for his perseverance because he was one of those underdog guys for a while there with Richard Petty Motorsports. And then he moves up to the big time with a big team and is able to show that, you know, he wasn't quite a championship contender, but he still got the job done. And also IDK loves calling him the Cuban Missile too. So <laughs> IDK player. I wanted to back up a little bit to what you were talking about in the earlier parts of Eric Amarola's career. And I would always see Eric Amarola as kind of a transitional period kind of driver. And the reason I say this is because, you know, think about how he started off of Joe Gibbs racing, you know, having to just basically kind of transition until Hamlin could get there. Essentially. That's how that, you know, that, that uh, controversial day is always kind of looked at. And then you go to the Billy blue time after uh, DEI shut down. And again, that was more of a transitional thing. He was only there because Mark Martin wouldn't do the full season essentially. So then with Billy Blue, he's playing second fiddle to Kyle Busch. He's going out there and winning when he's in that truck. Then Junior Motorsports, essentially, he's the transition period driver from after Brad Keselowski and after a failed Kelly Byers experience that didn't go well in 2010. So then you had Eric Almirola with Junior Motorsports for a little bit. And then Eric Almirola transitions into the 43 where, you know, he spent the majority of his time. And that was just kind of like, uh, okay, I'm here, kind of landing spot. And then he transitions after Danica Patrick. So he's he's always been a transitional racer, essentially. He's never been one that was going to go, that you'd expect to be out there winning in week out. So just the fact that he can be in that kind of position and still do all he's done, I would say, pat yourself on the back, Eric Amarillo. That's a Solid career for the opportunities he was given, I would say. Yeah, like I, I look at Eric Amarillo and I agree with you, Darian and Danny. One of Perseverance had a lot of things kind of work against him early in his career. But the reason he'll be kind of, I think, largely forgotten by large the large portions of the fan base years from now is, is because when he did finally get that opportunity, really with Stuart Haas in 2018, he was fine. Like you said, Danny, he was backing up Danica Patrick and Danica was fine, but or he did fine compared to what Danico was doing, but he didn't blow anyone away. While Kevin Harvick was contending for championships and winning nine races, Almirola was maybe eking out a win at Talladega, a race where the four SHR cars were just way better than everybody else. So if he didn't win that race, it was going to look pretty badly on him, or at least on that team. Like, I think that's, it's up and down. The highs were never super high. 
but the lows were also, you can't look at the lows too low because, you know, when he did struggle, he was usually driving for a team that didn't have high expectations. Um, so it's a little surprising that he's retiring or announcing his retirement at this point. Cause I don't even think he's, he's quite 40 years old yet, but perhaps he could see the writing on the wall. You know, Smithfield has been a huge partner the last six or seven, eight years, however long with him. And, you know, there've been rumors year to year. They're kind of taking things on a year to year basis. And, you know, there's the possibility that they, they, they weren't guaranteed to continue supporting him beyond this year. And now Marola kind of knew that was, there was likely no other opportunities for him if Smithfield walks away. So maybe that's part of what motivated this decision. I know he's obviously wants to spend more time with family. And I think there's obviously nothing wrong with that. That's very admirable, of course. Um, but I hope he goes out well this year. I hope he has a solid season. Um, last year, like y'all said, was kind of stood out. He had the standout moment for SHR winning that race in New Hampshire. Rest of the year was an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. This year's uh, going to be a lame duck season. Yeah. I hope it's a little better than last season. It's hard to be much worse. Yeah. We had a running <laughs> joke last year about how bad he was. Um, now kind of just transitioning to, to finish off everything about cup. I'm just going to read off like the new penalty system <laughs> they have for the next gen car. Yeah. Holy Rio, smokes. Bro. Dude, they, All right, you can get in some serious trouble with this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. around and find out. So, yeah, so here's friendship. what we got. <laughs> L1 penalties when it comes to illegal modifications of the body engine fuel, violating testing policies, anything having to do with the next gen car, 20 to 75 points. One to ten playoff points, one crew member suspended one to three races, and fines of between twenty five thousand and a hundred thousand dollars at the bare minimum. L one, L one, first level. L one. All right, L two. Put, put it like this: like twenty, that twenty to seventy five points right there. That's like almost a race to three races worth of points. Yeah, L two. 75 to 120 points, which is 10 and 10 to 12 or uh, 10 to 25 playoff points, one to two crew members suspended anywhere from four to six races and fines between a hundred thousand and a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> hey, some teams that's, don't even have that type of the money. Middle. That's just the middle. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's, let's get to the, the, the big granddaddy of them all here. L3. Good. 120 to 180 points, which I got to say, for some reason, it would just look so much cleaner if it was 200 points, but just saying. 25 to 50 playoff points, but if you do it in the regular season, that doesn't matter because you'd lose your playoff eligibility if NASCAR deems necessary. Six race suspension for more than likely two team members per penalty, per penalty. And a fine of a quarter of a million to half a million dollars. And a repeat offender, it's not just, oh, a crew chief gets like a one-race suspension. The entire freaking team is gone for a week. That's that, And that's huge because that right there affects sponsorship dollars. It, it you know affects obligations that they have to those sponsors, team obligations. There's a, Teams can get in a lot more trouble than just with NASCAR if they basically F around and find out. <laughs> to be fair i mean you're gonna have to to get that l3 you have to like gonna counter have to counterfeit next gen parts or i don't have it written down right in front of me but like major engine fuel illegal engine things or testing. illegal fuel or that's the one that's that you it. know we just saw um mike harman's team yeah. they got a huge penalty then they got most of it rescinded thank luckily for them at least mm-hmm. um but that's something that teams have to watch out for so you do have to f up like very intentionally and very egregiously to get hit with an L3 penalty. So I'll be surprised if we get any of those, but 
the fact that the I the fact that they're docking playoff points now, mm-hmm. which is a new thing. I don't they haven't done that. I don't think up to this point. That's really going to send a message to the top teams, the Hendricks, the Gibbs, who are known for skirting the limits here and there. That's going to maybe knock them into line a little bit. Like you hate to stifle all creativity. That's a nice way of saying cheating. You know, stifle <laughs> all creativity and innovation. But with the next gen car for it to work, for it to save teams money, you got to put your foot down. You dr- got to draw a hard line there and say if you even tiptoe past this line, it's over. Like we're dropping the hammer we're bringing the wrath of god down upon your race shop so they're strict but i think they have to be strict how i go gp be... laps as carl long enters the chat yeah i was thinking of him <laughs> i would love to know how many l1 penalties there were in 2021 alone not even counting the l2 and l3s what few that there were of those but the l1s i'd love to know just how many there was and then multiply that by 25,000, 50,000, 75,000, 100,000, and then just see how much money that equals up to the end. See, my, so I'm like, I'm very torn on it because on one half, I love the creativity aspect of, of how the teams cheat. Like some of the stuff they figure out is, is damn near genius. Mm-hmm. Like the, just thinking of, of windshield gate back in 2018, mm-hmm. where like the, the rear windshields basically were bowing Warped. in. That was like, that I would never have thought, huh, let's, let's, let's mess with that. Like that I'm really going to miss. On the other hand, I can't wait to see who the first team penalized is. Dude, whoever gets the first, whoever is the first Evil. team to get, to get the L1 penalty, they're going to get clowned. Well, but think, think of it like this. Uh, after I think it was Joey Logano or someone won the race, but then like failed post-race inspection, NASCAR did like change the rules to where if you win the race and you fail, What's your inspection? You do lose the win and you lose the like advancing. I think we lost him. He lost him. I know what he's talking about when Logano didn't get a playoff berth for that win. I think it was like 2017. It was rescinded. Yeah. Yeah. It was, or it was encumbered. Encumbered. Because everyone, everyone started the cucumbered meme. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No. Yes, you are. You're back. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm, that the out the first L one is going to be huge. I think the first of any one of these levels, they're going to do the maximum penalty to just be like, we told you, don't yeah, do it. True. Yeah, because NASCAR can do and or they can do one of these penalties. They can drop all of them on you. They can kind of pick and choose. This is just what's possible for each tier. But I, I agree, they're probably going to be harsh with the first couple that yeah. that bridge it. And this penalty is like, there's also an old saying too: if you um if you ain't cheating, cheating uh, you ain't trying. And I think that reigns true for some people in the garage area too, especially in the NASCAR garage area. Because I mean, for years and years and stuff, you'd hear about these points and fractions and stuff, but then drivers and teams were so allowed to keep their wins. But now we're in a totally different era where NASCAR is like sending a message, like just mess around and try to try to, you know, to cheat or like do whatever, like, you know, make a little modification here or there or whatever, just for that L1 penalty, you lose all that money, all those points. It's, it's not worth it anymore, man. So just, you know, you know, keep, you know, just toe the line with, you know, with, you know, how you want to set up the car and stuff, because I think now even some of these bigger teams are like, bro, like it's not worth it anymore. You know, like, I mean, we, I mean, yeah, you might be able to get away with it maybe here and there and stuff, but as soon as you're caught, Oh, they're putting the hammer down on you. And like you said, if anybody gets an L3, like that could that could so, really be disastrous real, for sponsorship and all that stuff. Real quick, because I, I know we got to move on real quick, but I want to put this in perspective here. This a 75-point penalty 
under this system is the equivalent under the old Latford system that they use forever of a 250 point penalty. So automatically the first penalty under just L1 would be the largest points penalty in NASCAR history. If they choose to do it to the, to the, the max limit. Yeah. Wow. Like Jeez. that, like right there, L2, that would be like double of, of basically double of it. You know, L3 triple the maximum penalty ever when it comes to points. Cause I think what, what was the year? Was it 2013, Eric? Cause you'd know this, that Matt Kenseth oh, had Kenseth. a giant penalty on him and it wasn't even this big. It wasn't. And they rescinded it. Yes, mm-hmm. they did. But uh, no, yeah, they dropped like a 50 point penalty on him for an engine violation, which today might break into that L2 or L3 <laughs> tier. <laughs> so, oof. God. If they had these kind of rules in the 90s and 2000s, it's safe to say that Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson wouldn't have as many championships. And also, yeah, Chad and Nelson have been like, oh, crap. Well, we I've heard the chat saying Chad Hey, not just Chad and Nelson. Honestly, look back at Ray Ebernham. He, him mm-hmm. more, him more oh, yeah. than Chad Knauss would really hate this. T-Rex yeah. car. That's all you have yeah. to say, T-Rex car. L3, everyone's suspended. In that <laughs> <era>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, Cup isn't the only thing, though, that's been been really big this past season yeah we spent the first 40 minutes talking just cup and the, i don't even think we didn't even get to cover every little detail that's yeah. how much has happened in the last yeah, so much it's a wild off season there's okay I, i'll kind of like combine these here because these there's there's two things of taking back and then there's also some of giving back when it comes to the xfinity series field joe gibbs racing is going back to a three-car team this year and penske is going to have a plan of no plan they're not going to be They're the gone. series. Team Hetsky's gone. So when what? you look at kind of the, the cup season support series uh, with the cup teams, what do you guys think that really in a lot of ways there's going to be even less of a cup presence elite-wise than there was in years past? Danny, I'll start off with you, man. So before we get onto that, I just want to point this out. You were talking about Penske having no plan. Well, side note, yes, we know that there's three Xfinity Series cars for Joe Gibbs, but – we are really close to the season, and we have not been 100% confirmed of Ty Gibbs' schedule in the Xfinity Series next year. Oh. That is I concerning he, me. I think he's going to be full-time. The concerning part is they don't have a full-time sponsor yet. Yeah, like He's, he's going to make all, run all the races. I think that's going to happen, but the, they're waiting to announce it if they're waiting for a big sponsor to hopefully sign on before the year so that they can kind of pull it together and like hype it all but up. And he all. got four wins last year in – his rookie season i don't know how hard it has it is at this point that is concerning i'm with you that part's concerning especially when you think about his future in nascar because he's going to be good in xfinity this year he'll win probably at least a couple races likely be a championship contender so he has cup in his future i think at the rate he's going but if sponsorship continues to be a huge issue for him for some reason i don't know that could certainly hinder his opportunities i mean he's joe gibbs's grandson they'll be there but Still, that could slow him down. But, uh, but no, Penske not having any Xfinity team. Um, That's crazy. I mean, add them to the list. SHR only has, I think, one full-time car still. Mm-hmm. Um, I know RCR this year is actually bringing one back. They're going to have two full-time cars, okay. so that's interesting. The mid-pack, like 10th to 25th, is going to be super interesting in the Xfinity series this year because Tommy Joe's got, like, a bunch of drivers and a couple full-time like cars one, next year. What a week it's is a, announced. Yeah. Myatt yeah. Snyder's over with uh, with Jordan Anderson now. Obviously, there's the two Richard Children. So the middle of the pack is going to be interesting, but losing out on that, like you said, Jared, that significant elite cup presence – 
I think that's actually going to make the Xfinity series more fun to watch, even though I think once again, the competition level is going to take another step backwards. I think you, you look back 10 years ago, the Xfinity series, you had cup championship contenders racing on a weekly basis. So yeah. if you won an Xfinity race 12 years ago, you, you accomplished something. But, you won an Xfinity race today. You still accomplished something. I'm not going to like completely crap on the Xfinity. But series, it doesn't mean as much. It's like not it. the same thing. Carl yeah. Edwards, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Matt Kitts, They're not in the field. Like they were 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, still I, Joe Gibbs is going to be interesting what they do with that third car. I guess it's going to be an all-star car. We'll see how many starts Kyle Busch and Hamlin yeah. get. Yeah. While, while we do lose one or, or, or two in that sense, we actually gain a little bit because Junior Motorsports actually has now four full-time drivers next season, plus the 88 will be returning with Dell Jr. and Miguel Paluto as confirmed make a few starts as well. Yeah. I love it. Cool. I love it. And you see, that really all adds into the fact when you look at that, RCR, the mid-pack, to NASCAR just confirmed, according to Bob Pachris, that uh, they're going to expand the Xfinity Series field from 36 cars to 38 this year. And that's where I'm kind of excited to be like, man, there's going to be a lot of teams who are really going to have the opportunity to prove it this year. I think, like, the the entry list for Daytona is over 50 cars. Yeah, for Xfinity. yeah I was about to say, so we're going to have bump day for Xfinity. Just, I just want to say this now because we, we have all said it on Twitter. We all are thinking it right now. Can we just please move the duels to Xfinity for one year? Just one year until they get all the Dude, parts, until they get everything set with Cup, till the duels will actually you know be fun. I won't say they, they'll still matter this year. But, man, can you imagine duels in Xfinity with the way that they have so many cards? But I, I'm i just thinking, like, this is going to be probably another year of growth when it comes to Xfinity racing, for the most part. Uh, whether it's ratings, popularity, whatever. And I'm just, I don't know about you guys, but that's a season, that's a series that I'm almost as excited to see as Cup this year. Well, yeah, I mean, it certainly gained a pop, um, a lot more popularity over the past couple of years because you had a lot of the naysayers like, oh, I hate this 550 package. Let me watch this Xfinity series because I like the package more. I like some of the personalities more and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I mean, even even though Penske's gone, you still have a lot of competitive teams, but then you also have enough of those mid-pack teams that could make a run for more top tens and perhaps top fives and maybe even race wins, you know, now that one of the, the uh, most competitive teams in series history is gone. It's still weird, though, because Penske, they've been in the, uh, you know, in the, you know, when it was called the NASCAR Busch Series since like the 90s, or early 2000s, they had been there for quite a while. I mean, and I don't know, it's just, it, it was, it, I, I it was the same reaction to me as when um, when uh, Roush Racing announced that they were, you know, abandoning their Xfinity Series program. Just one of those historic teams that was, you know, there when the series kind of first started in its initial years, and now it's just gone completely. But I mean, to Eric's point, yes, the competition will be kind of low and stuff, but the entertainment aspect in that series just went up, went up well, a lot. I'm, I'm just looking at like some of the drivers like this year that are full-time. It's going to be super interesting. Are they all the best, best? No, but there are a lot yeah. of very interesting players. Sam Mayer is going to be full-time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheldon Creed's going to be full-time. Um, uh, Josh Berry's going to be full-time. Landon Castle is going to be full-time. Yes, that's another good ride. Yes. Uh, obviously, Almondinger and, and Hemrick are, are back full-time. Austin Hill's full-time. Anthony Alfredo is going to be full-time in an hour motorsports car. Like, I'm just continuing to scroll Jeb Burton, Mike Snyder, I mentioned uh, Josh Balicki is going to make some starts in DGM equipment. I think he could run in the top 15 there. I, oh, definitely. 
There's going to be mm-hmm. so many interesting things. Alpha Prime, of course. There's going to be so many interesting stories on a weekly basis. And I've even talked about the Ryan Sieg's, Jeremy Clements, Brandon Browns, who we're used to seeing kind of in that 10th to 15th range. Like that area of the field just got a lot more crowded. So I do think the races will be interesting. Um, but sure, you, you may not have the elite of the most elite in the field every single week, but it just opens the, the door up for other teams to have a shot at a win. Mm-hmm. I know here, I, I heard you mention uh, Ryan Sieg, you know, with Penske stepping away outside of Riley Herbst, which isn't the greatest in the world per se, who does Ford really have in that series now? Uh, Ryan Sieg, Riley Herbst, they don't have many top teams in that series anymore, do yeah, they? But, you know, but to be honest, like, you know, they're probably going to keep track of Haley Deegan's prog- uh, progress in the truck series. Then maybe they might look at, you know, running her in some races in the Ford camp. You know, so it wouldn't surprise me if at this point it's like, hey, look, we cut our losses with Penske, you know, not being there. So, like, let's just see if if Haley Deacon happens to do something this year. Maybe we can move her up and stuff, you know. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, when your best drivers are – I mean, like, Ryan Sieg and and Riley Herbst, I mean, they're not the worst drivers in the world. But, I mean, certainly not, you know, like a Ty Gibbs or whatever. It's not a championship contender type driver. So, I guess they're just looking for, you know, the next big things in the lower series. Then they might build back up to the Xfinity series more in the future. Yeah, I mean, like SHR will have like Cole Custer or Chase Briscoe, maybe even Harvick, like race something for BJ McLeod mm-hmm. or for, for like someone random. I think it's, but you, no, maybe you're right, Dan. Stewart only, at Indianapolis. Ah, that's right. There's only going to be one or two. <laughs> there's only going to be like two or three full time Fords, I think, in the Xfinity series. Yeah. So, well, weird. Speaking of uh, someone who used to be a little higher than uh, both the Xfinity and the Truck Series, Matt DiBenedetto <laughs> is going to be running now in the Truck Series. Uh, so how do we think he's going to be doing this year? Uh, I think uh, like, go, go for it, Darian. Go for it, man. Yeah, I mean, this team is not – I mean, it's not the most competitive Truck Series team in the world. And honestly, too, just Matt DiBenedetto, like some of the, his offseason stuff has been hilarious to me or whatever, like, he was even eating dog food on his, on his oh, Snapchat God. story. Like, I'm like, what is going on here? So, look, it all started with his underwear pick during iRacing. <laughs> yeah, and it all went down there. It all went downhill from there, right? But I'm happy he's still in the sport within the top three series. Um, his story is another interesting one of, perver- of, of, uh, of perseverance. I mean, he was viewed early in his career as like a NASCAR bus. This is, you know, another JGR developmental driver who didn't, you know, make live up to expectations. And then he's able to come back, you know, to be that, you know, that underdog driver, lands the big rides, but then he just couldn't get it done. And then the way he left, you know, the Wood Brothers and basically Team Penske as a whole, that was yeah, it was very awkward. You know, you had him saying awkward. one thing. Yeah, you had him saying one thing. And then, like, the team was like, uh, that's not what happened. We've agreed to this for years or whatever. Don't backtrack. So it's good to see him still land a ride within the top three series. But this truck series ride, it's not the most competitive. So it wouldn't really surprise me if he didn't make the playoffs. But if he's able to, like, kind of, you know, to get one of those last playoff spots, then that wouldn't surprise me neither. So. Yeah, I mean, it's the 25 truck. It's the Rackley truck, which Josh Berry did some part-time starts in last year. I think he maybe his best finish was 10th. I think he got one top 10. Mm. So it's not a great truck. I don't know that playoffs are super realistic. I think you'll be in that conversation. They let in, did they let in 10 or 12 in trucks? I think they just let in 10. So 10, 10. I think it's 10. Yeah, yeah. I give it a 40% chance he makes the playoffs, but he'll at least be there. You know, off off track stuff he's rubbed some people the wrong way he's he's hurt some of his past relationships i think the way the wood brothers tenure ended but 
All that being said, Matt Benedetto absolutely has the talent to race in one of the top levels of NASCAR. Not necessarily for a top-tier Cup Series team. I'm not sure he was doing quite enough in that 21 car to deserve to stay in that seat, but he absolutely deserves a, a decent truck or decent Xfinity Series ride, at least uh, based on his past. I mean, he did make the playoffs in a pandemic year with no practice his first year with a new team in the cup series. He did do that. I know we, we trash him and I've trashed him for not winning, or at least trashing is maybe a strong word, but at least we've been critical of him for not winning, for making some mistakes late in races that maybe hurt his chances. But he he was at least solid. And this year was a struggle, but they, they straightened it out a little bit in the middle of the season. He's a good enough driver to race in NASCAR. So I'm glad he's still going to be full time. Um, Hopefully now that he's going to be sort of off the radar a bit, he'll be a little more off the beaten path. He can use this to maybe rebuild his image and he's only 29 30 years old i think yeah. we haven't we haven't seen the of last of him i think he'll he'll make another comeback i think we'll see him in a decent ride here or there in the xfinity and maybe the cup series again one day but for now i think this is a decent spot for him at least for the time being if ty Dillon can do the bare minimum he did last year and somehow get back into cup series there is a there is a chance there i would say uh but going back to what eric just said about his playoff run in 2020 there will always be an asterisk there because Jimmy Johnson was affected by, no. by, by penalties right. and oh, missing no. a race due to yeah. COVID. You call this a Mickey Mouse playoff? Oh, it was no. a Mickey Mouse playoff appearance. Put it in the chat. Yeah, oh, get it all in the chat. But uh, there, Nick, there will Mickey always D. be that very obvious asterisk. That is and true, though. The best, about that. the best way for me to describe the career of Matt Benedetto now is, you know that meme where there's someone who starts off with a little bitty domino and it's supposed to somehow knock down this giant big one? Well, instead, <laughs> they started from the back. And the big one was was almost winning at Bristol. The little one was end up end up in the truck series in one of the worst rides I could find. And the big domino just smashes down on all of them. Damn, that's a good visual, Dan. Yeah, yeah, a good yeah. one. Someone needs to season. make that. Tag us on Twitter in that if you can. If you make Please. that, because that that sounds like it'd be a great meme. Um, but kind of segueing off, you know, we talked about Bristol. Uh, well, their parent company SMI has been busy this off season. There's really two oh, yeah. big ones here. And I think we should mm-hmm. just talk about all this at once here. Texas, you're on the chopping block. That too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> SMI has plans and renderings and is moving forward to try and resurrect North Wilkesboro, which I will say right now, I was wrong. I didn't think it was possible. Apparently it is. And then they've <laughs> also purchased Dover Motorsports. So they now own Dover International Speedway, and the Nashville Super Speedway. That's Dover Motor Speedway. You watch your mouth. <laughs> oh, Motor Speedway. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm an old head at it. I'm, I'm stuck in they 2003. They paid a lot of money. They paid a lot of money to make that track have a generic don't, Speedway Motorsport. Don't you, don't you know that Miles the Monster is not an international treasure? He is just an American Motor Speedway treasure. There. I changed it on the itinerary. I there see you, you editing in the notes. That's funny. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Eric, you want know, Start us off. Start us off. Uh, I mean, first, the North Wilkesboro thing. I mean, it, it certainly helps when they get what, like 17, 18 million from the federal government Something or from the like state. That. Yeah, the they, state. Uh, yeah. So I think without that, this would not be a conversation, but Speedway Motorsports taking full advantage of it. 
the renderings look great. It has that old school baseball stadium feel. I think that's how you, that's how you talked about Nashville. I think Jared, it, it's looks like it's the same development company that they're using for hopefully the Nashville fairgrounds as well, which is another SMI uh, project. Um, it looks great. The renderings look fantastic. I think the hope is that the, at least the truck series could race there in the next couple of years, if all goes according to plan, it looks great. I mean, North Wilkesboro is, it's a, small town it's not a big city or anything but it's in north carolina which at least on a per capita basis i believe has the most nascar fans of any state in the country so if they build out 20 30,000 seats i think they'll fill the fill that grandstand more more times than not and this day and age modern nascar that might be exactly what the sport is looking for so obviously it would do wonders with the you know with longtime fans of the sport who grew up watching north wilkesboro maybe in the 80s and through the mid 90s they're going to love seeing it back and revitalized so i'm all for it they're trying all these new things they're going to la building a short track out there they're doing all sorts of stuff to attract new fans this is a pretty cool love letter, if you will, to longtime fans. I know it's not really NASCAR, it's Speedway Motorsports doing it, um, but regardless of who's doing it, it'll have the same effect. So I hope it happens. It looks like it's very realistic over the next couple of years. NASCAR would obviously be behind the plans fully. They would help advertise yeah. it, they help market it, whatever they oh, need yeah. to do. Yeah, and one word I can, or a couple words I can think of uh, when thinking about North Wilkesboro potentially being back in NASCAR is poetic justice. You know, all those years ago, they were off the schedule for New Hampshire and Texas. You know, now New Hampshire has lost a race and Texas, ooh, it is like, I, I can't think of a more hated track right now than Texas Motor Speedway when it comes to the fan base. Like, can we just have Alex Bowman win there so we can just turn it into a Walmart or something like that? You know, because Alex Bowman is the track killer, right? So, but no, no, no. Yeah. But in all seriousness, though, you know, it would be poetic justice if North Wilkesboro was added on the schedule and then Texas either loses a race or both races or something like that. I think, I think Texas, I, I don't think, I don't think Texas will be off the schedule entirely if that happens or whatever. Like, I think, I still think they'll have at least one race on the schedule, but it's great to see that NASCAR, you know, they're trying all these new things, the LA Coliseum race or whatever. And for years, we've always talked about this for years. And to Jared's point, I mean, like, yeah, he was wrong. Like I was wrong too. Like, I mean, I might've been a little bit more optimistic about it, but I was basically in the same, in a, a similar camp, like, yeah, this gets talks about, you know, each and every year, nothing ever happens. Let's just like, until they announce, you know, plans, then I'll believe it. And when, lo and behold, they announce plans and stuff. So I don't know when exactly it would be on the schedule again, but just the fact that it's being talked about, you know, it's, you know, in serious talks be brought back. That is a plus. So I can't wait. I don't know, man. Like blue Jimmy brought up my idea of Texas super speedway should still be alive. Um, yep. I'm going to say they should have done to a Texas, what they're doing to Atlanta. That's what they should have done. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. say real quick, just because none of this obviously is in place yet. I think we need to pump the brakes really quick on, let's be real, the hopes that Texas loses dates because they bought up Dover and they bought up mm. Nashville Super Speedway. <laughs> Dover Motor Speedway. Um, and I will just say this. Dover is also another track who has not done very well when it comes to ratings, popularity, or attendance in a lot of ways, even before the mm -hmm. pandemic. Nashville Super Speedway is a newer track, though it is one that is in a good market, so NASCAR and Nashville can support multiple races around there. But they have lots of before. I wouldn't mm -hmm. be surprised if one of those two lost their date for North Wilkesboro or Nashville Fairgrounds. And I'm just telling people now, there's there, SMI doesn't go purchasing tracks in what is still relatively a lower end time in popularity for NASCAR compared to when they purchased tracks before. 
for no reason or out of the goodness of their hearts. They do so they so they can get schedule space for ones they want. And that's what I'm trying, you know, I would love nothing more than for Texas to be a three-mile super speedway, quarter-mile bullring, or a Walmart. But let's be realistic. <laughs> They're not going to change it again. Yeah. Like, let's be real here. Like, I don't uh, want to yeah. be the negative Nancy on this one, but it really it, – it shouldn't be uh, – it shouldn't be expected that Texas is going to lose dates. Yeah, I, I think for sure. SMI, look at SMI. Look at their current catalog. It's all intermediate tracks or very nearly. They have New Hampshire and they have Sonoma and they have Bristol, but they got Texas, Atlanta, Charlotte. They had Kentucky, which is already off the schedule. They had too many mile and a halfs. And right now NASCAR and its fans are looking for basically everything but mile and a halfs. So this is in their best interest. Go get Nashville, which is kind of a, an intermediate, but it's different. More importantly, it's in a market with a short track that SMI controls. Go get North Wilkesboro or renovate North Wilkesboro short track. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Dover could be on the chopping block. Nashville Super Speedway could be on the chopping block. If Texas loses a date, I think Texas gets bulldozed. I don't think I think that land is too expensive. If they're only they only have one weekend a year, I think they'll just tear the whole thing down and sell that land. If I had to guess, maybe they convert it into something completely different. And it gets two dates again, but I wouldn't be shocked if it went away. But now SMI, they're the you know they're the ones making moves right now, and it's going to be fun to keep an eye on over the next couple of years. I think ticket sales for National Super Speedway is going to play a lot into ticket sales for National Super Speedway over this year and next year will play a lot into how it continues. If it's you know it's bare minimum like only forty thousand people can fit in there with the temporary seating that they can bring in, and if they can continue to sell that out like they did last year, I think they stand a fair shot at at making it and and staying even if they do bring back the fairgrounds. What I wonder more about because I, I I don't see this being the, the long-term thing to do this year in, year out. I don't see Dirt Bristol being a forever thing. I, I see it being a commodity, enjoy it while it lasts. Because I that's where I've always figured if they bring back more or less the fairgrounds, not necessarily North Wilkesboro, if they bring back the Nashville fairgrounds, that is where Tennessee's spring date goes to, Nashville uh, fairgrounds. I agree. I, I, I think that's been the, the writing on the wall the whole time. Uh, they've, I mean, they've, they talked about that on uh Dale jr. Download a bit. And they kind of like alluded to it a bit, um, as well as the stuff with North Wilkesboro. It's just, I'll be real. Right. And this might get me in hot water with everyone watching here. I like dirt Bristol. Like, yeah, I, I think it's like, and I, I like the fact that a lot of people showed up compared to normal Bristol, even though I do mm-hmm. I, the last normal Bristol race there for the spring date per se was awesome. But if people aren't going to show up, you might as well and, give them something they will show up for. And you were someone who approached that race last year of caution. You were kind of more on a pessimistic side. You weren't sure if you were going to like it, but it, you know, I, I jumped on board obviously with my proximity to be there you on the other hand uh you didn't and then as soon as that race started you were i'm buying tickets right away oh yeah they went on sale i was part of the reason why people couldn't buy them because the website bogged down like i'm excited (laughs) for that Uh, this year it'll be a night race it's gonna be better this year Easter sunday (laughs) that's gonna be odd man the ufo is getting staticky it needs spun (laughs) it needs spun but uh i don't know i think i Think we've covered all this? Think we're we're yep. good? Or is there anything? We've covered else? a lot. Yeah, yeah we're good. That was a very Texas into an IKEA. Let's go. That was probably one of the more productive and fun off-season conversations we've had in a while. Yeah, so and much happened. Fast paced too. But uh, you know what? God, 
was it UFO? It's just it's like all static on my end. Um, no, but you know what? We do have to give a shout out to you guys at home, and I need somebody really quick to give me a timer. I'll um, this year, instead of five minutes, we're doing three. Uh, but I want to read off a lot of these super chats uh, and thank you guys for your support. And then after that, we got lightning round as well as a few other cool things. Um, but just tell me when you're ready. I'm going to get this thing set up here. Make sure that – tell me when you're ready. I am ready. All right. Give me All a right. countdown. Three. Yep, three, two, one, go. I got three super chats before we started tonight, so I want to read those off first. Real Americans for four ninety nine says, thank you, Tom. We will never forget you. Uh, probably Tom Brady. Uh, Michael Jensen, thank you for the $50, man, says, here's to another year. Hope this year is the best yet. Uh, have a round on me next time you're at the track together. I know he's not on this stream, but David Land's Rolex 24 coverage was awesome. Hope you guys get to do a bunch of at-track stuff this year. Thank you. Uh, I think I think we should. Thank you, Tom Brady, for $4.99, says, we will never forget you, Tom. Thanks for these memories. We all will cheer and boo Harvick. Um, can't can't leave that one in 2021. Uh, Sly Supersonic, thank you for the 545. Uh, says, well, uh, well, look, see here if it isn't the fantastic for themselves here in the flesh. How you doing, team? Save any lives lately? You certainly saved my night. Well, pretty good hearing that. That's what's am, most important. Am I the one that catches on fire? <laughs> I want to be the big, what's the like rock one? He's just a boulder. It's me. I can't remember. Well, <laughs> I can't. I, well, after that picture from the off season, I guess it makes sense that the last two were Darian and I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, Tom Brady. We will never forget you for another 499 says, let's all take a moment to thank Tom for all the memories and let him know that we will never forget him. Also, let's take a moment to boo Harvick. Philip Tom Brady is a huge fan of the podcast. You guys may not know that. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, watches it every week. Philip Richards. Tom Brady Motorsports coming to the track this year. <laughs> Call it now. Philip Richards, thank you for the $2. Says SRX coming to my town. Five Flag Speedway rocks. Awesome. GP Laps, thanks, man. Thanks for the 20 bucks. Uh, welcome hey. back, fellas. I feel like no one is talking about manufacturers. Which manufacturer is going to dominate off the start? I feel like there is zero chance they're even. Uh, I'm going chevy i think that's kind of chevy or toyota is where we're chevy. leaning I, yeah. everyone but ford i don't think you can trust ford after last year but they may uh, surprise us uh thank you hot piss for being a member for four months uh <laughs> uh jar jar binks says for 499 i'm not doing the voices here uh misa also got more news misa gonna be at the fall martinsville race misa also Ooh. hoping to go to Visa Spring Race, Misa Miss Junior, and Misa Want to See Visa Night Race. Uh, well, I'll probably be at both of those, I'll be honest, because yeah. I love Martinsville. Uh, Skull741, thank you for the $20 super chat, says, I'm going to be at my, or I'm going to be going to my first Xfinity and Cup race at Vegas this year. Can't wait. With my dad's job, he got us the opportunity to go as Toyota's VIPs, which, uh, what should I expect? Uh, you're going to be right on top of all the action in the infield. It's Keep your head on a swivel. Yes. Be aware of your surroundings. And time. <laughs> Three minutes. I will get to the rest of those at the end of the show tonight. Uh, yeah, thank you all for the support. Yeah, yeah thank you. you. And I want to continue to thank uh, some people tonight uh, with thanking our sponsor, Lionel. Uh, 
the upcoming lightning round is going to be brought to you by Lionel, the official diecast uh, provider of NASCAR. You can order your 2022 diecast. 2022, got to remember that. New year. <laughs> Next-gen diecast coming. Uh, you can get those at LionelRacing.com or any Lionel retailer or Walmart. You can always get them at Walmart. Now, guys, I want to ask you, what's the first diecast of the year that you have? Got the mini Dale going mini Dale. on here. Yeah. This one's so fresh. I haven't even taken it off the platform yet. <laughs> I've had this diecast since the first grade and it was made in 1990. Ironically, the same year he blew a tire <laughs> on the final lap and the final turn of the uh, Daytona 500. But I like this car. Yeah, it's nice. I I've, mean, got it's a, Go I've got a pretty hard one to find. This is Kevin Harvick's 2009 Scott Turf Builder 300 win car. This is actually the very first race that I attended in person. So, granted, I didn't know much about diecast collecting when I went to my first race, but now I do. And I said forever ago, I want to get the diecast to the first race that I went to. And that was all. And he did. <laughs> well, <laughs> he did. I, well, I got, I got uh, Casey Mears 2007 diecast. I love the font. Of the 25, the only year they ran this font for the 25, I can't get it to show because reasons. Uh, and I just, this car, any car in red, white, and blue for NASCAR looks good. So, isn't that Michael Carey's? Is that his favorite 25 font? Or is it that is. His, yes. I, I think it's, yes, it is. It yep. is. He always um, hopefully he sees it. that. He'll be very proud of you. Well, he and I've, I got, agree. I've got Christopher Bell's uh, car from last year signed by Christopher Bell. I just love the Ream car. This isn't the race win version, but it is the same paint scheme he got his first career win with at the uh, Daytona Road Course. Really cool looking car. And uh, yeah, I just found a good deal on it. So I wanted to pick one up. I thought it looked great. I have I have so many Matt Kenseth 20 cars. I got a couple, at least one Eric Jones 20 car. Figured I should pick up a Christopher Bell. Keep the tradition going. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Huh? I hear something in the distance. Oh my like, gosh. Has the winter like, storm hit me already? It has been so my long. Here we go. And it's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jared, what do we have on tap tonight? <laughs> Man, we got a lot. And <laughs> the mic didn't even hear you, damn. Uh, oh. That sucks. Um, as for what we got tonight, Boris said is what we have right now because he's coming back to NASCAR to return with MBM this year. So that's almost pretty cool. Uh, outside of NASCAR, but NASCAR news still, Jimmy Johnson is competing full-time in IndyCar this year, according to Adam Stern. Um, depends on who you are. If you like this one, iRacing purchased uh, Monster Games, the creators of the <laughs> Heat and SRX games. Um, nice. This one I found really cool. Former Malcolm in the Middle star Frankie Muniz is starting a race team and looking to race in ARCA. He currently is 36 years old, so he still has plenty of time to race. Uh, just saying. Um, another one. This one's crazy, too. The Money Team. It's happening. They're going it's to Daytona. Real. It's real. It took them basically two and a half years, but they're going to Daytona with Kaz Grala, and it's, what, the zombie Starcom team, basically? Yeah. A yeah. couple investors from Starcom, I think, are invested in this team. That's that's the extent of it, as far as I know. And I think it's their car that they tested with. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh Balicki is going to be starting 25 races this year for a Spire 77 car, which might be a little more competitive this year. Uh, and it'll be starting at Auto Club Race 2. Uh, <laughs> Noah Gregson also was going to be attempting to qualify for the Daytona 500 this year as well with Beard Motorsports. 
Uh, and Tony Stewart will join Mike Joy and Clint Boyer for both the Clash and the Daytona 500 this year in the Fox booth. Uh, so if they're going to make that like a rotating booth and they have a bunch of cool on-air personalities coming, I won't mind that. Uh, nice. Gateway is making $40 million renovations before their first cup race, which will be 240 laps or 300 miles, according to their website. Now, another race that's going to be a little shorter than we expected is the first Martinsville race this year. The Martinsville night race in the spring will be 400 laps instead of 500 this year, as reported by Bob Pachris. Uh, But in a more positive and popular change when it comes to the racing uh, at different tracks, Sonoma Raceway is bringing back the shoot, the 1.99-mile layout that they used from 1998 through 2018. They're bringing it back. I love that. And I love the I, I love that one when they come off the corner and there's the camera angle. a 90-degree yep. wall right mm-hmm. there that they could hit. Um, the camera angle is awesome. So I can't wait to see that again. Uh, and then at the moment, ending off with the lightning round tonight, the money team will run 15 races, focusing on road courses especially. Kaz Grala is planning to be their driver. So the money team is seemingly going to happen. I pointed this out in our chat. With the day that they finally announced their scheme, I pointed out it had been 830 days since me and Jarrett and Darian were in a Waffle House, and I said, look, guys, Floyd Mayweather is starting a NASCAR team. And, and now then, here we finally are. And then one day after I put out a tweet saying fictional team bus <laughs> to the money team, they announced their plans here. So the ultimate jigsaw here. But, yeah. But, so yeah. Anyway, that's the lightning round, right, Darian? And once again, that'll do it for another edition of the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now back to the show. Well, we've got one sponsor back. That is Lionel Racing. We've actually got our other podcast sponsor back for the new year. That's Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and much more. For do-it-yourselfers or if you're a professional metal worker, Forney has everything you need for your next project. So be sure to shop all of Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. Link is down in the description below. Or check them out at an authorized Forney dealer near you. Now, we do have another sponsor joining the show here in the next week or so. They're not quite ready to be revealed just yet, but we're very excited to see uh, the NASCAR Weekly Podcast expanding and getting um, other companies that are new to NASCAR involved. So we're very excited to share that new sponsor with you guys, hopefully next week. But huge thank you to all of our partners. It's really great to see a NASCAR Weekly Podcast doing legit things. And I think uh, this year is going to be even better than last year, at least uh, if the first week is any indication. So thanks to Forney, Lionel, Uh, for sponsoring uh, the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Well, we finished one half of the show, but there's still so much more stuff coming up here. So much more. And uh, it starts with qualifying and practice. We kind of have it back. Uh, There's a lot of different variations of it this year. So I think let's just start right off. I want to start off really quick with the oval uh, qualifying and practice kind of package per se. Uh, so what we're looking at going into 2022 is that there's going to be two groups, a group A and a group B that are each going to receive 15 minutes of practice this year per the oval races. Groups are going to be set odd, even finishing order of the previous race, uh, which is kind of what they do with the duels. 
The qualifying round one will be the groups A and B having single car, one lap runs. Top five from both of those different groups are going to transfer to a final round of 10 cars, single car qualifying, one lap for each of them. Now, that's just the ovals. There's still super speedways, road courses, Bristol, and then the extended weekends, which we probably all appreciate more. But uh, Darian, what, what else do we got, man? Yeah, so for super speedway qualifying slash practice for all series, uh, qualifying for round one will be single car, one lap. Then after that round, the top 10 transfer to the final round where it's once again just a single car, one lap run. Yeah, and at the road courses, uh, things also get pretty pretty wacky. They're again going to divide the field up into group A and group B. They're all going to get 20 minutes of practice. And it's worth noting these practice sessions aren't full practice. That's more of a shakedown, more of a warm up, just to make sure everything's plugged in and working, not necessarily going to give teams an opportunity to make significant adjustments to the cars, but I guess it's better than nothing. Um, then after practice, uh, groups A and B will each uh, have a 15 minute timed qualifying session. The top five fastest in each from each group will then uh, go into the final round will be 10 cars total will be a 10 minute timed session where the uh, obviously the fastest will win the poll. So then uh, Bristol Dirt, of course, is its own special thing. Danny, what's going on there? So when we do hit the high dirt banks at Bristol Motor Speedway, we're going to be seeing two 50, that's five zero, 50-minute practice sessions. And then we will have not really your traditional qualifying. We will be more like a traditional dirt track race in the sense that uh, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong on this, with those practice sessions, we'll have a better idea of who's fast and who's where and you'll divide up like those people based on wherever they are into four different heats uh that being each having i think if there's 40 cars it'd be 10 cars in each heat uh and you base the order of where they start in those on random draws and then that ultimately helps set the real uh main field for the actual dirt track race and then the last ones for cup are the extended weekends these events are the daytona 500 New Atlanta, of course, Bristol Dirt, but that is its own thing. Gateway, Nashville, and the Phoenix Finale. For these events, they have one standalone 50-minute practice uh, that replaces the group practice sessions. Qualifying is going to be based on the track type and follow the procedures that are above, except Daytona, which is sort of, well, its own thing. Uh, for the Xfinity and Truck Series, for their oval qualifying and practice, it's 20 minutes of practice for everybody. Uh, and the qualifying is all single car qualifying. That's it. So know, a lot of information. It's a lot. <laughs> Lots of digest. Let's let's unpack it. Uh, I want to hear your guys' favorite from all these outside because I know a lot of us are old heads here with it. Outside of single car qualifying, like they do for Xfinity and trucks. Um, so what for you guys? What would you say is your favorite? What's kind of been more simplified or? If you really hate all of them, which one do you hate the most? Well, the most simplified, in my opinion, has to be the Super Speedway one. I mean, obviously, I mean, they've tried group qualifying there in the past, and it has definitely not worked out. It's turned into a massive, just, you know, shit show in some years. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just being honest here. But... I, thought, I thought I was like, oh, he's going to look for a creative word, then, uh, so he no. doesn't have to curse. Then, no, <laughs> yeah, he just gave sorry. Up. <laughs> right. So I'm technically the curse the first this year, or um, the first the curse. <laughs> We the got first to curse this year. And, and now you got your first name of the year. <laughs> Damn, I didn't even mean to do that. Oh my god. All right, that was backwards. But anyways, no, back right. to the back to the uh, super speedway qualifying. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's the most simplest out of all these. Um, just one lap, you know, and then top 10 make it or, or whatever. I'm, um, in years past, they used to do the top 12 would make it in single car qualifying. So I guess it's a slight change. But I guess the most interesting has to be the one for, you know, the ovals and stuff. So like um, separating. So not only do we only have 15 minutes of practice, but it's separated into different groups. That's interesting. And then obviously the qualifying rounds for, for that as well are also separated into different groups as well. And then the top five from group A and group uh, group B transfer. So I don't know, it'll be a little different. I mean, it's obviously going to be a massive difference, you know, in terms of like, you know, the amount of time to get for practice and qualifying and stuff. But the fact that we're separating these cars into groups, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder what the uh, criteria will be to make it to group a or to group b or if it's just done randomly so we'll find yeah out. i mean i like in general that they're also bringing back sort of a form of knockout round qualifying like it's not timed which i think is a good thing it's just single car runs which i think is it's, it's a great it's marrying both it's the best no. of both i like that there's multiple rounds so that some drivers maybe you know there's a chance to hit it on your second lap. There's a chance to mess up on your second lap or whatever. I, I think that's better for TV. It'll be more interesting to watch, but I also like that it's going to be just single car runs. So you're not playing games on pit road. You're not trying to game the clock or anything like that. Mess up your competitors. Keep that part simple. Keep that part as pure as you can. So I really like the qualifying format. I'm not a big fan of the, the short abbreviated practices. I wish you had just a good solid 50 minute full practice session for every single race. I understand though why they're not doing it. And I do think, uh, depending on where these are all broadcast, I assume they'll be on like NBC or USA Network and FS1 throughout here. They're not going to be on big Fox fantasy, but assuming they're all on national TV, it'll be fun to kind of, you get your 15 to 30 minutes of practice, you get your different groups, and then that feeds right into qualifying. So it'll be a fun hour and a half or so window of TV time to watch usually probably the Saturday before the race. I think that's great. And from NASCAR's perspective, it streamlines the inspection process. You don't have to tech the cars before qualifying, after qualifying, you can just tech the cars once. You know, they, they go out and do their, qual- their practice, then they go right into qualifying. There's not the chance as many chances for the teams to really you know, get cute in between sessions and, and manipulate things. So overall, it's more efficient, but I think we are losing out on we're losing out on full practice for most races, and that is going to take some getting used to. Now, I'll, I'll say I think one thing that a lot of NASCAR fans um, – might not know is kind of what they're doing for the practice sessions are almost granite on different days, but what they do for uh, a lot of dirt track racing events around the country. I remember when I went to my first dirt race, I wondered why they just ran five or six laps around there at full speed, but they're not racing. Um, And I think that's kind of what their NASCAR is aiming for here. It also kind of cuts trims, cuts, whatever the fat off of, of the weekend for the most part. Uh, the one that I'm actually happy about, and you guys all know how I am about practice, qualifying, single car qualifying, all that. But I'll say this. The only tracks that I ever thought would be great for group and actual group qualifying were the road courses. Because those laps are so long and so monotonous, uh-huh. and you can be spread out and not affect somebody else's lap. So I do like that there's actual group qualifying for the road courses. Uh, I, I think that really fits uh, what they can do. And 15 minute time sessions for what realistically is going to be 19 to 20 cars. That's going to be easy for, for drivers to get their laps in and still do it in an efficient amount of time. I mean, that's 30 minutes just for those, that first round. Whereas if they did the whole two lap single car qualifying, that would be enough for like 10 to 12 cars at Watkins Glen, maybe 12 to 14 cars at Sonoma. 
So I just I, imagine Road America. Oh God, yeah. no! I don't want to. I don't want to imagine Road America. Four miles, dude. I the kink. walking around. <laughs> yeah, we'll have, we'll have Slap and Rusty at the kink for us uh, doing their coverage. Um, no man, but dude, that you that could probably be... walk. You could probably walk around Road America, and you wouldn't miss the entirety of a single car like qualifying session, basically. Yeah, <laughs> I so, dude, it was. I'll tell you what, you you want to work out, go to Road America. But I, mm-hmm. I'd say the road courses outside of doing single car qualifying, I think is my my favorite. And of course, outside of like Bristol and extended practice weekends. Um, so for me, that's what I, I like. Uh, yeah, I, going back, I, I read the one for Dirt Bristol. I think that's what I'm most excited for, mainly because we didn't get to see it last year the rains and the flood ultimately made that not happen. So giving us a chance to actually see that hopefully being in April will help. Uh, Tennessee can be hit or miss in April, but I think moving it from March to April is definitely a a better step in the right direction. Yeah. And, you know, certainly like uh, one of my big, biggest criticisms, you know, of NASCAR, you know, like 2020 and as well as 2021, which is, the amount of races that didn't have practice or qualifying because, you know, that, you know, at the, at the track, you know, experience, I mean, it's, it, it was always a part of that in most years, you know, you got your, you know, your uh, hour practice sessions and then you had qualifying and stuff like that, single park qualifying. I mean, it's, it's back, but it, it's, it's obviously a whole lot different, you know? So I guess for some NASCAR fans, like, you know, while they will be happy to have, you know, both practice and qualifying back for every single race, it is going to take some getting used to as far as, you know, getting used to this format. So it'll take a little while. It'll be tough for the young. I mean, it's a new car, so it's gonna be tough for everybody to get used to it, but especially the rookies, the Todd mm-hmm. Gillens, Harrison Burton's obviously in the lower series, you're, rookies in every series obviously Haley Deacon would be a great example because I know she's talked about it a lot you know less full practices makes it harder for young drivers to get a feel for these cars but still gonna be better than last year gonna be better than the year before I'll at least take that I'll take the small victories I, I, I really like the qualifying formats for pretty much every track it's just just wish there was a legit practice but whatever whatever i've moved on i've moved on that's Fine. what nascar wants us to do they want us to always move on and accept it i'll it's better than nothing now better but, than picking nothing, and choosing so. my battles but hey on that note we are just happy to sit back nothing beats in my opinion honestly a friday where i am editing youtube videos and getting to watch nascar practice on tv but yeah. it's not just a cup series that has it back there is there is across the board this year too and i guess yeah. something else we can be appreciative of <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's what I'm happy with. Is that at least, at least there will be action for most of the weekend. Um, you get more for what you're paying for for your ticket for the weekend now. Yeah, yeah, which I appreciate, especially like whenever I will have hopefully the opportunity to be in the infield at whatever race during the season. I, I just I love I love just everything moving all at a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> Xfinity yeah. cars, and then there's trucks, and then there's I just. It's good to have it back, even if Cup doesn't have it back fully. It's it's fun to see if you can dodge cars that are coming at you all weekend. Right, Darian? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the first <laughs> time I was in the garage area ever at Crystal, that Come was Come here, Darian. I had to pull me out the way, so, yeah, that was a learning experience. Well, that's for what's coming up in the regular season and playoffs, per se, but the thing that uh, is coming up this weekend, unless mm-hmm. we have anything else to say, I think oh. we should get right into it. The L.A. Clash, which just sounds so right in a lot of ways. I will say this right now. I will say this. I was one of the biggest proponents against it. One of the biggest people to be like, mm, that's, I don't like that. 
And I will fully admit, if if this turns out to be awful, I will then tell everyone I told you so. But right now, I'm just going to say going into this, this looks way better than it did on paper. Like, so far, I feel like NASCAR has done pretty much everything right so far. So, let's get into some of this stuff right here. We had the Bush Light Clash at the Coliseum, but let's be real. We're going to all call it probably the L.A. Clash or the Bush Clash. L.A. Clash. It just sounds so much better. It It does. Uh, there's going to be 150 laps in this one. Now, the heats for uh, setting the field overall are going to be Sunday night at 5 p.m. Eastern time, and the clash itself will start at 8 p.m. Eastern time. This is all on Fox, Big Fox, and MRN, which is really big. And I want to tell you guys that are going that it looks like it's going to be pretty nice and clear with the weather. It's um, LA. I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. It's 72 nice. on Saturday with no chance of rain thus far. And on Sunday, a 76 degree day with 1% chance of rain. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a I do want to update one thing. They did update the times for the LA clash a, a few weeks ago. It's actually now 3 PM Eastern, I believe for the duels or the heats. I'm sorry. And oh, okay. it's six Eastern for the race. They moved it up okay. a, a couple hours. That's, that's probably, probably good. That's, that's probably, probably the best. Oh, Danny, you froze again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that is probably for the best. Uh, yeah. Now here, here's what we have so far for the weekend. So it's open to pretty much every team. 23, I believe, will make the grid. Uh, Saturday has practice during the day in single-car qualifying, and the qualifying is going to determine the heat lineups, not the actual lineups for the race. Um, As for Sunday, with the action when it comes to the heats and the main race, uh, there's going to be four 25-lap heat races with 10 cars or so in each race. Top four finishers will automatically advance to the clash uh, as the first through 16th place starters after those four races. After that, the 24 cars that didn't advance to the clash uh, will compete in 250-lap last-chance qualifier events. This is similar to what they do at local short tracks and dirt tracks. Now, the 23rd and final starter from this race will be the highest driver in the 2021 points that remains after the heat races. So let's be real. That dude who is going to be the highest just needs to like make sure they don't wreck. Yeah. They'll be good. That means Kyle Larson is the only driver locked into the main event. Yes. Effectively. <laughs> yeah. Now, these 23 drivers are going to be racing in a 150 lap exhibition, but... This is a way different race from anything we're used to. There's going to be a halftime show or a 10-minute break with a concert with Ice Cube in the middle. Let's be real. We all know which songs we want to hear. Please play uh, F the Police. Please. I just want to see the reaction on Twitter and especially Dude. Facebook. Eric, Some of Eric, these fans are going to lose their minds. <laughs> Eric, I'm just curious. Have you ever been to an Ice Cube concert? <laughs> Has anyone here been to an Ice Cube No, no. Has anyone under uh, the age of 30 been to an Ice Cube concert? All right, well, Eric, we get to become part of the rare under age 30 to do that. I'm excited. Um, It'll be an experience. Oh, and the uh, the heater's going off in the background. Oh, not the fly? Oh. Not the fly. No, no, it's too cold for the fly, so we just have the heater. Uh, How cold is it in that garage, Jarrett? Uh, 55 degrees. You better, you better <laughs> oh enjoy it. You better enjoy it. We, we know what that summer will be like. Yeah. It's not coming across too bad, is it? No, I, it's not. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. Cool. Cool. So, uh, there's also DJ Ski, who's going to be performing during caution periods. I swear, I'm sorry, that's going to be a, 
I don't know, yeah. but that's going to be a horrible <laughs> scenario if, like, someone, like, God forbid, but if someone gets hurt and then you have someone going, let's hear it for the guys on the yeah. back stretch. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, they're bringing out the Jaws of Life. Stop the mute. Stop the mute. <laughs> Stop the mute. This is on. This one, this could be on par with the people at Fox cutting to Eric Jones crash while Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon were laughing. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is going to be worse, too. Please. It can't, is, be worse. it can't be worse than Sammy Hagar, but that's just. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, anyway, they increased the purse money for this race from 750 grand to just under two million dollars. So you get paid more than the All Star race to win this thing. Doesn't all go to the winner? Yeah, Yeah, that's for everybody. Okay, okay. The winner probably will get like I don't know four or five hundred grand. I think they even said. I don't know what the number exactly is. Maybe less. Divide it. Now they have two interesting things that are going to be coming out of this race: one during, and of course, one after. The really interesting thing is nearly 70% of people attending this race, which is 50,000 people who are attending it, are going to be at their first NASCAR race. Now, you do 70% of 50,000, that's 35,000 of these people showing up uh, will be at their first NASCAR race. So I'm just curious how they found this out. Uh, like probably, through SeatGeek or something like that. Yeah, like, they probably yeah. just looked at your yeah, whatever your ticket account is, yeah. Ticketmaster or whatever. And I want to say this, like, because I I know this is how Fox will probably spin it if they bring it up. This isn't saying that these are people who have never watched NASCAR before. These are people who probably live around California or in the LA area. A, a lot of them. I, there's probably some that are very mm. very new to NASCAR. But these are probably a lot of people too who are fans who just never could get out to a race or skipped out on Auto Club. Or <laughs> Which, could you blame them for <laughs> some, some of the yeah. races are snooze fest so. right. auto but, club's like an hour away from la like it's not yeah, just like and, a little hop skip and a jump it's, and, it's, a, it's a day and, trip and la traffic is literally well, yeah. as the worst, it's the worst. yeah so yeah uh but the big thing is if all goes well with this race if it's a giant success if the ratings are through the roof if it helps the daytona 500 ratings two weeks later this race could be extended through 2024 for the clash at the Coliseum, according to NBC. And I think that I think that they're going to make this decision after Daytona personally. I think we're going to see how this would affect the ratings. Because I know there's so many people I saw on Twitter when it was first announced during like the divisional round or wildcard round who are like, okay, I've never watched NASCAR before, but this sounds too crazy not to watch. It's doing its job. Yeah. Yep. And also, too, just uh, to add a little something, uh, Eric Dickerson, former Rams running back, will be the Grand Marshal. And by the way, go Rams. Let's win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I just think that I, I find it cool that I will get to say I was in person for a college football game at a NASCAR track and a NASCAR race at a college football stadium. That's mm-hmm. a pretty cool fun fact. That is That's pretty I, cool. Not many people can say that. I wonder how many people actually could say that, but uh, getting off topic here. Most of them would be from Tennessee, Virginia, and they'd have to be willing to fly to California like me. So then there's yeah. like that one person from LA who showed up to it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, going into this thing, I don't know how they did this, Darian. You can read them off for us. I don't know how they did the odds this year because there's really nothing like this. Ever. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, this is a this type of race has never really happened in NASCAR's history before. It's definitely different. Um, but I guess the way they did these odds, um, and I got these odds from ActionNetwork.com. So I guess the way they did these odds, 
Um, I guess they were based off of um, uh, the Cup Series drivers' past history on short tracks. So uh, let's read them off. I've divided my betting odds into three different categories this year. Favorites, best of the rest, best of the rest, and my personal favorite, underdogs. So let's get into it. So here are five favorites. Martin Truex Jr. and Danny Hamlin are both 1-2, coming in at plus 550. Chase Elliott is in P3 at plus 600. KFB, the one and only Kyle, Kyle Busch, is in fourth at plus 650. And finally, rounding out the top five, Joey Logano is coming in at plus 700. Now, for the best of the rest, I picked out three that were kind of close to the top and like somewhere in the middle. Now, I, I mentioned Kyle Larson in my best of the rest because he was just 50 off from, from Logano, so he's not too far off. So he was in six at plus 750. Ryan Blaney enters this weekend at plus 1,200 odds to win and rounding out the best of the rest lineup is William Byron at plus 1,400. And finally, my personal favorite, the underdogs. So Kevin Harvick and Brad Kozlowski are both tied at plus 1,800. Alex Bowman enters this weekend at plus 2,500. Uh, Kurt Busch at, at plus 3,000, Tyler Reddick at plus 7,000, and finally, Bubba Wallace at plus 10,000. So that'll do it for this week's Darian's Betting Odds. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be real. I don't understand how the hell Kyle Larson is not a favorite after last year, personally. Yeah, I don't get it. But Well, to be fair, there's nobody's a clear runaway favorite. Like last yeah. year, we'd have Larson would be like, have way, there'd be a huge gap between like Larson, Hamlin, like the rest of the pack. Here, yeah. like you have a two-way tie for first and Chase Elliott's right there on top of them. So yeah. like there's no, it's pretty evenly distributed this year. I'll give them credit for that. But uh, there's like at least a couple there, a little lower than I would have them that I'm looking at for my pick, which I know we're going to be getting into um here pretty soon but yeah I, I... yeah i mean outside of the fan bias i've alex bowman consider he wanted the last short flat track we were at i'm not sure i'd put him all the way at plus 2500 yeah it seems a bit i mean like, he I was so know. good at martinsville yeah. I, I mean, that feels like the closest comparison i feel like that's the yeah. best comp is martin yeah yeah i don't know and then tyler reddick at plus seven thousand i mean like he wasn't the best on short tracks but i didn't think he was like too too bad I he was running there. Him and Bubba Wallace would be really good value picks when it comes to like underdog guys who could sneak away a win. Both have shown that they can do well at short tracks this past mm-hmm. year. Granted, a lot of things are going to be different with the next gen, but those, those would be ones those, to put like five bucks on and win big. Those yeah. are easily guys that I would consider throwing five bucks on because you never know what could happen with that. Oh yeah, right. like th- this race is is either going to be this race is either going to be everyone gets lapped really early or. Everyone crashes, which, by the way, caution laps aren't counting. So that's, that's going to a... be a big thing when it comes to, to strategy during this thing. That could go either way. So you could have a lot of cautions and then like the laps just won't count too. That could be annoying. But hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We haven't even ran a lap here yet. So yeah, we'll see what type of race we get. Now, what Darian... if Tony Stewart gets out of the booth and wrecks everybody to win? <laughs> I just read that in our chat. Chat, we got, come on. He's not first, first stream of the season. We got to keep keep the chat <laughs> realistic. Chase Briscoe, park it. I'm getting in. <laughs> I'm getting in. Well, Darian, yeah. speaking of uh, a little more betting, kind of fantasy kind of stuff, what's coming back this year for us? What is coming back? Oh, yes, that's right. The NASCAR Weekly Podcast Fantasy League. So a lot of you guys played that. 
uh, including my mom too. She beat me again last year. I kind of lost track of it, but uh, she'll be back in that thing. She'll be playing it too. So we currently have it filled out with a hundred people and stuff. But if, um, if you don't play the first week, I'm just going to kick you out. And then whoever can wants to play can join, uh, uh, can join after the uh, first race at Daytona. Um, NASCAR fantasy is kind of weird. There's like not a way to like reset it or, or whatever. And I just don't want to kick people out if, you know, if I don't know if they're um, even uh, going to play or not. So uh, be on the lookout for the NASCAR weekly podcast fantasy league um, kicks off after Daytona. So, yeah, we'll, yeah. uh, yeah, well, after Daytona, or they, they're not doing Oh, no, no, the week of Daytona. No, no, they're not doing the class, I don't think, no. All right, so, yeah, that week after, we'll update you guys on, like, how to sign up if yep. there's spots available. We'll, we'll probably tell you how many spots are available, too. And we'll keep track of the points, specifically probably the top five, just to make it easier. Yeah, we'll keep you updated every week. But there's some other, uh, there's some other points we're going to keep track of, points that I was the one who earned the most at last year. Grammar, yeah. not very good at, but picks, I am. Uh, so I was the worst. Trying to Yoda, what happened there? <laughs> Chat freaking hey. beat me by one point. That was crazy. I was second. Silver medal. Woo. So here's what we're gonna do this year. Uh, so what we're gonna do is, and I'll explain what the points are again for for everyone, just as a reminder. Uh, for each cup race, the the top pick gets ten points. Below him gets eight. Then six, four, two, and one from that point down. And then for Xfinity and trucks, it's six, five, four, three, two, one. If you pick the winner of the truck race, you get a bonus point. If you pick the winner of the Xfinity race, you get plus three. If you pick the cup winner, you get plus five. And then any week with multiple races, if you win all of them and sweep them, you get plus 10. Um, So when it comes to this year as well, we're going to be keeping track of, of course, the four hosts, as well as you guys in the chat. And the wild card that isn't going to really be counted for pick points, but is still going to, we're going to count them in the finishing order, is whenever we have a guest on who picks people. That way we can stay consistent. We don't have to just have Shugs pick for our guest. <laughs> um, but He's retired. No more picks for yeah. Shugs. Yeah. So I think let's just do this uh, the easiest way we can. We're going to do three picks this week. Who's going to suck? Who's going to be a dark horse or an underdog? And who's going to what, Darian? Who's going to win? Oh, it's back. Yes, yes, I love it. Who's going to win? So, and also when it comes to the chat, I'm just going to keep track as each host will each week, and we're just going to see who picks the most, and we'll just from there let you know. If not, I'll put a poll in there. So <laughs> let's just start this thing out. I'm going to start first. Who do I think is going to suck at the clash, whether it's the weekend or the race itself? I'm going to go Daniel Suarez. Uh, he has, in my opinion, not been the greatest at short tracks. I mean, other than him running well at Dirt Bristol, what I remember him most for is his car being on fire on the front stretch at Martinsville. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is, again, probably the track that's most similar to this. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna put Daniel Suarez in there uh, as my suck pick. I, uh, this is kind of a tough one. I, I'm going to... I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. That's maybe a, maybe a, he's a popular underdog pick. I'm going to go suck pick this week. Don't think a little quarter mile track can contain his aggressiveness. So I think he's going to overstep his bounds and make a mistake this week. So I'm up next. So for my, who's going to suck pick. I mean, it's just, it's different. I mean, yeah, it's a short track, but it's unlike any short track NASCAR's raced at on in a while. So, well, it's kind of tough. 
Um, I'll stay in the RCR camp. I'll go with Austin Dillon. He's all right on short tracks or whatever, but I, I don't know. Maybe he just just won't uh, bring it this weekend. So, yeah, Austin Dillon. I think I've got the most shocking suck pick, but mainly because of all the pressure and eyes that are on him to see how he can do in this new opportunity. Uh, I'm going to say, even though he's done good on short tracks in the past, and even flat short tracks, Brad Kozlowski, uh, it's not going to start off the way they're hoping for in RFK. And it looks like the chat's taking a cop out on this one. They're going with Cody Ware. Oh, what the heck? Hey, we didn't say who they could or couldn't uh, pick, Okay, so... fine, fine. Give him Cody. Yeah. There, there's no rule, so. Yeah, there's no rule, so Cody Ware. <laughs> All right. Well, we got through the suck picks. Let's get through and look at the underdog picks. Danny, I'm going to disagree with you because this man, in my opinion, has been disrespected too damn much this offseason. Brad Keselowski's my underdog pick to win. I think that good-looking six car, because let's be real, all of his cars they've shown so far have been probably the best at the forward place numbers. Uh, it's going to do pretty well. I think he'll be the underdog this weekend. Are we really going to do this again, Jarrett, for the second year in a row? Because <laughs> I'm picking the purple peep leader as well. <laughs> <laughs> I like that reference. My underdog. He, I think he's just going to shoot out of a cannon. I think beginning of the year, this is a total – everyone's running like their test cars or they might be running their test cars in this race. This race is just kind of – it exists in the twilight zone. It's separate from the rest of the season. I think everyone's going in with a completely blank slate. Brad Keselowski doesn't know he's in a Roush car and is supposed to be terrible. I think he's going to go out there and run top five in that gorgeous, gorgeous violet and yellow car. Yes, it is a beauty. I'm going, so I was, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I'll save it for the end in case. I want to see what you guys, who you guys pick. All right. So I had these two guys, either Ross Chastain or Tyler Reddick. I think I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. He know he is known to be very aggressive when he needs to. And, you know, this is basically going to be his first unofficial race with his new team, with Trackhouse, uh, Trackhouse Racing. So, you know, he might go all out and stuff. And, you know, when it comes to the final lap, he might, you know, give the bumper to somebody. We'll see. So, Ross Chastain. Sticking in the Chevy camp, considering how he grew up racing with a very short track mind, uh, even has starts at Bowman Gray Stadium, I am actually going to say for my underdog pick that I think that he can survive, work his way through it. Might have to get a little bumping and banging to do this, but Corey LaJoy can put together a good run at this race. Uh, I'm looking through here right now what the chat's putting, and is I don't think Priest is racing. So the one that they he, put the he, most he is. Of, oh, he is? He's racing the, he's racing the 15, actually. That's who right, I was going to mention. I, I, I was thinking for a second because you picked Kazaski, I might go Ryan Priest as my second pick because, I don't know, it's a Rick Ware car, but, again, next but gen. But it's probably prepared by Stuart Haas, isn't it? I'm yes. sure they're getting Man. some help. Yes. So. So yeah, they're they're going Rick Ware for the first two rounds. They're uh, they're picking Ryan Priest. Damn. So they're gonna one's gonna do terrible, one's gonna do all right. Gonna do all right. Okay, that's cool. All right, that leaves one last round for us. Yes, who's gonna win? Who is going to win this week at the LA Coliseum? Jared, go first. You know we uh, we talked about how this is probably gonna cater a lot to those who are good at short track. So I was thinking last year, you know, I went to a lot of short track races and, and who was really good. And then I was thinking that it's the next gen car. This is a race that is going to be completely different than what we're used to. And I thought, well, who's a driver who's insanely talented, did great at all the short track races for the most part. 
and is probably going to win this race. And that led me to one person. He always wins these races when they're always memorable. I think this will be another memorable night. I am going with Kyle Busch as my winner pick. Good pick. That's a solid uh, pick. Absolutely. And he won this race last year when it was at the Daytona road course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it could go two years in a row, but now I'm going to go, I'm applying slightly different logic to this. Uh, this team uh, was the best team in NASCAR last year. Pretty clearly this driver has shown a ton of consistency, shown a ton of talent, a ton of, a ton of promise. He's a younger driver who's known for eye racing. And where did the LA Coliseum, where was it born from? What hive mind created this? Some may say abomination. I'm going to say a beautiful experiment. It came from eye racing. That's how they tested this thing. I'm going to go William Byron. I think William Byron kicks this year off with a win. All right, so the guy I'm going to pick, um, a huge rival to KFB, the one and only Joey Logano. He always finds a way to, to stay up front in these types of races, but also he has a knack for pissing most of the field off. So it's probably going to happen. He's just going to move people whenever he needs to and um, might come down between him and Kyle Busch on the final lap, and uh, he's not afraid to, get to uh, dump him. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll go with Joey Logano. Man, I'm just so excited for this weekend. All the – all the excitement, all the drama of short track racing. You look forward to it every time you go to one of these and nothing uh, beat the drama of the last short track we were at. And, you know, there was one, there was a guy who, who did what it took. He, uh, he proved that he could win on a flat short track like this. And uh, I think back to, I've only been to one exhibition race in my life. And uh, that was the, bristol all-star race my wife got to see her favorite driver win and we'll consider he won at the last short flat track i'm going to say i get to finally see my favorite win in exhibition race alex bowman goes to victory lane at the ally call save and we never see this thing again i knew it i knew it well <laughs> me and eric were both good faces <laughs> right now it looks like the chat is coming down between two so i'm going to put a poll out there because we oh, didn't yeah. get a poll this week because of course there was no race this week uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you guys, it, it looks like it's coming down between Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Larson. So I'm going to put it right here. We're going to do, do a one minute poll and uh, we're going to see who is, well, who's your pick. So All poll right. is up now and I'll All give, right. yeah, I'll give it uh Darren, you want to put a timer on it again? Yeah. Okay. Uh, starting now. All right, let's go. And oh my gosh, it's even, even. Oh my gosh, yep. And now it's leaning, it's leaning towards MTJ now. And so far we got 165 votes in. There's 650 of you watching right now, so I know a lot of you can vote. vote. Now we're 50-50 again. It's time once it's for all you. We'll just let it roll until someone goes ahead. To okay. all of you that are listening on Spotify and everywhere else that you can listen to podcasts right now, uh, we have a poll up in our YouTube chat, and right now Kyle Larson holds a two percent lead over MTJ. How much do we have to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, 20 seconds. 20 seconds. We got almost 300 votes in. Larson's sl- slightly peeking ahead at the moment, but oof. And it's looking like. Uh, All right, 10 seconds now. Uh, one, oh, here's someone in the band. Someone, I think said, it's Larson. someone said, I'm a felon. I can't vote. <laughs> <laughs> Four, three, two, one. Your it's pick a minute. is Kyle Larson at 52%. 
It was close at first. It was getting close. Oh, well, Kyle Larson. So Kyle there Larson is. is the Chats pick. All right. That is uh, – that's it. Those polls are going to come in handy this year. I can tell. Oh, it's going to be fun, man. <laughs> it's going to be fun this year. All right. Well, I got to say, I think we've pretty much covered everything, except we got to finish up these Super Chats real quick. we got a ton. Yeah, you a guys lot. turned out tonight. We are yeah. funded by viewers like you. We're like PBS. <laughs> all right thank you to sean trailer for the five dollar super chat says i went to disney world this off season and met my favorite driver chase elliott i wonder why he was there welcome back <laughs> coleslaw custer says uh for 6.99 canadian dollars says which two indycar drivers would you like to see in nascar and which two nascar drivers in indycar uh do we want Elio says he wants to come over here. Elio and Colton. I, I, yeah, I'd like I'll to see that Jimmy Johnson guy come to NASCAR. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Elio and, and Colton just because, well, one wants to and one I'm most familiar with. As for NASCAR drivers, Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson. Going Kyle yeah, and Kyle I, show. I want the Kyle. I want him to rate, attempt the Indy 500 at the same time. I think that'd yes. be fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, Demonic underscore Foxy 13. Thanks for the $2. Canadian says, why not Hershey for a new sponsor for Kyle Bush? I mean, he'd still be the candy man. Um, I'd be shocked if JGR hasn't sent them an email. <laughs> Watch health bar sponsor him instead. Like he's neutral <laughs> green. Still, yeah. It, 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 like it, it's definitely not going to be monster. That's for sure. Uh, Jar Jar Banks. Thanks for the $2 says Misa got Misa's lawnmower back from Darien. Finally. Oh, uh, God. Because of Rowdy, of course, going back yeah. to last time. Uh, move, <laughs> movement, thank you for being a member. Uh, thank you so much for that. Isaac, thank you for your four ninety nine Super Chat. Says, which driver do you think are going to be on the hot seat going into the season? I think the driver that needs to perform this season is Cole Custer. Well, you stole it from me. Uh, but I think Cole Custer is the one who we're really going to have to watch out for uh, when it comes to that. Bake the Snake, thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Woo, NASCAR. Can Martinsville Woo-hoo. hurry up and get here? Uh, can't wait for some short track racing under the lights. Well, we got some this Sunday. Uh, Lord yeah. Lord Voldemort, uh, I'm, I read that right, for four ninety nine says, The Dark Lord has returned. My Death Eaters and I have almost found Harvick and are looking forward to finally ending the four. Also, we will miss you, Jeez. Tom Brady. Uh, Keegan Schneider, thank you for the $5, <laughs> says, I can't stay for the stream tonight, but I figured I would say welcome back, gentlemen. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, I'm sure you're watching this later. And Voldemort's back. The Dark Lord wants a NASCAR weekly podcast monthly Kahoot night. Uh, we'll, we'll look into that. Maybe. Hey, JC1424, <laughs> thanks for the 10 bucks. says, I'm just excited to have multiple drivers to root for in Xfinity now. Myatt Snyder with Louisiana Hot Sauce and Raja Karuth. This kid used to watch my channel. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. He's a good dude. Uh, yeah. The Angry Irishman for $5 says, chilling at work while listening to this. Uh, so thank, thank you. Uh, Gavin, thank you for the $5. What race are you guys most excited for? I can't wait for Cup at Gateway. Ah, uh, I know the Clash, but <laughs> yeah, the, the I clash. Had to say clash right now because it's, it's so it's so different. Daytona, I'm going to Daytona 500 simply for the fact that maybe this year I can finally watch it without being interrupted by rain. <laughs> and the first actually, Atlanta will be interesting. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I'm curious about Atlanta. I will be going to that one, so I'm curious if that'll be fun. Uh, Fast Track 289 for $2 says Jim Nance or Al Michaels on a NASCAR team. I'd like to see Al on a NASCAR team. Al Michaels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Go Al. Al Michaels. Yeah. But, but, oh, 
it just it just redid on me. I'm trying to oh. find it. There we go. Okay. Uh, Josh Patrick, thank you, thank you for the $2 Canadian. Make sure Alex signs with a silver Sharpie, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Man, at this point, I don't, I don't know if you can even see the autograph on this one. <laughs> Wait, that's autographed? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, PTM Billy, thank you for the $2. Happy season five. Excited for my first Daytona 500. Well, I hope you see you there, man. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, And then Lord Voldemort's back again. My death and I can... T- I think you meant Death Eaters, and I can turn Texas Motor Speedway into a Walmart. Uh, Yay! Doing this nation a great service. <laughs> no, just to turn it into the world's biggest buckies. Just expand on oh, the next door. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, Kivian says for Dollar 99, Texas into an Ikea. I'm done with Darien. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan for $2. Hola, muchachos. Uh, Hola. Steven Hola. for four ninety nine. Who's coming to the clash? Well, Eric and Danny and Claudia are. Yeah, um, and my parents will be there too. So. <laughs> uh, Jake Stew for the four ninety nine. I called off work again. Hello, I did this once before, so I wouldn't miss the season five premiere of the NASCAR <laughs> hey! podcast. Hey, no, no. Okay, as much as I appreciate it, you spent, hey, spent you. You spent money and then you're losing money. Come on, man. But you hey, can listen to us. It's one, one time's good. It's a, I, we, we appreciate it. It says, glad to see Thank y'all's you. beautiful yeah. smiling faces again. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Levi for 199 says, another year, another season. Let's do it. Philip that Richards works. with the first to spin the UFO for the yes. year. For spin two, the UFO. For $2. Uh, Philip Richards again for five says, can't wait to find out whether the next gen can take a hit. Gen six cut a lot of tires. Uh, if or cut a tire, if you looked at it funny. Uh, Alan <laughs> for four ninety nine says, "I've missed you guys so much. Let's go NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Can't wait to listen and watch the races this year. I'm going to Sonoma for the Truck and Cup Series races. Ooh, oh, that'll that's... be fun. That'd be cool. Uh, I forget about the Truck Series going there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Groovy Goose, thank you for the two dollar super chat. NASCAR Weekly Podcast premiere better than Daytona Day spin. Clear. Glad we did. Well, we cleared the bar. We uh, cleared it. The Dom Goblin for two dollars. Thoughts on Kyle Bush's new M&M scheme. Wish they'd stay. Uh I like it, but it looks good. good. It actually it's, does with the yeah. numbers slip for. I think it looks all right. It, it's yeah. one of the better looking ones for sure. Uh, Irvin mm-hmm. Alvarado for the $10 Super Chat. I hope this motorsport season will be exciting from NASCAR, IndyCar, F1, etc. This season will be filled with new cars, drivers, and unknowns. That's what makes motorsports exciting. I can't wait. A lot uh, of unknowns, yeah. 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 Blue Jimmy 48 fan, thank you for the support, man, for $5. Says, new year, new era, new season. This might be the best podcast season yet. Cheers. P.S. Daytona can't get here soon enough. I, well, I hope on all accounts that's all true. Um, Edible Giraffe, thank you for the $5 super chat. Uh, does anyone else think Matt Crafton looks like a thick version of Matt Benedetto and Noah Gregson? Uh, should fight? Uh, I, I don't know. Personally. I don't know. That, I haven't heard that one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Did I say they should fight? I'm confused. Fight Matt from Wee Sports. I, I don't know personally, but uh, Matt I'll, from Wee Sports. I'll, 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 go, <laughs> I'll go with it. Um, who Who is your rival? Did you guys have like a rival on Wee Sports? Yeah, it was, it was always oh. boxing, and it was that black dude with the goatee. Every time. Yeah. He oh, always I his beat name. Me. Yeah, he was yeah. tough. He was awesome. Uh, Preston, thank you for the four now, uh, four ninety nine. Danny, there's a Bucky's being built in Tennessee. I saw it on my way. I, oh, there it goes. 
to JP's outlet last week. Yep. Yep. I am aware that it's going to be in Crossville, Tennessee, uh, the same place where JP's NASCAR is. Like, awesome. I will seriously try a few hours out there. I love how Danny said that. I was like, I'm aware that there is a Bucky's <laughs> in the vicinity. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call it. I'm, I'm still frozen. No, you're good. No, you're good. Okay. I'm aware to not call it Busey's as well. <laughs> right. Yeah, me too. Um, all right. Let's, uh, we'll get these last couple ones down here. Vote Kyle 3000 for 999 says Darian is Lewis coming back. Is Lewis coming back? Hamilton? He'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah. Bro. So dramatic. Uh, uh, My God. <laughs> Uh, Katie, Katie Usha, I think that's how you say it. Thank you for the 99 cents. Sly Supersonic, thank you for the $5. Spin the UFO. This, spin the UFO. Uh, for all those spin. listening, I spin a UFO every time. So just saying. I got a, I, yeah. we, we have a UFO on the show. Uh, that makes says, no sense out of context. Oh, yeah. It makes no <laughs> sense whatsoever. Uh, but this year, I will be going to my home track, Watkins Glen, for the first time in 15 years. Well, I hope you have a great experience. Whoa. I hope Have it's fun. really fun. The last time would be 2007, so I believe that's one that Jeff Gordon choked away, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then the last one, at least unless someone puts another one up, is from Hot Piss for 4.99. Says y'all better be at Bristol this September. Well, I hope so. And then we got one last one in the door here. Stephen Velasquez, thank you for the 1.99 super chat. Says uh, I see. Uh, I'll see you guys at the Clash. Even me and Eric will see you there. Say hi if you see us. And I think Sweet. that's it. I think uh, it. we got through everything. First episode of the year. <laughs> that was fun, guys. Yeah, and it's fun to be back. And you know what? The fun's going to keep going next week. Uh, next Wednesday, same time we start tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're on Darian's channel. You can see, mm-hmm. you can see uh, the new sponsor. You can see our clash review. You can see our playoff predictions. We're saving that for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Darian, who's going to be on with us next week? Who's our first guest yeah. of the year? Yes, a couple of very entertaining guys. They run their own little media thing. The one and only Garage Guys with uh, Dale Tannenhart and Chase from there. So they do their little betting odds and stuff like that. They've even done some media stuff at the track too. I last saw them in Daytona. They are straight up dudes. So they're pretty awesome to be around too. So it'll be cool to have them on as guests next week. And uh, I just want to throw this out there. Uh, these next two weeks, sadly, I'm going to go, I'm going to throw back to 2019 Danny B a little bit. Unfortunately, I will not be on with these guys for the next two episodes. Uh, next week, I will be still in California and I will be on Pacific time. And Wednesday is the one day where I am pretty much necessarily needed to work. So I'll be working in the offices of my company on Wednesday, which, which will unfortunately keep me off the show next week. And in the week after that, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but these three can handle it. Uh, however they may choose to do that week, but I will, I will be, I'll be back in, uh, three weeks, I guess. And on my channel. Well, yeah, next week on, on Darian's, we have a pretty cool announcement. So just, just mm-hmm. keep a lookout. Keep a lookout. Yeah. Um, I guess that covers it. Uh, do do we have a Dale call in, in the on the premises? Yes, do we? Eric, where is it? Where's the Dale my, call? Mine needs repairs at the shop again, so. <laughs> Ooh, that's a cool-looking one. Too. Look, it's it's invisible. I, I, there's nothing in my hands. There's, there's not, nothing. <laughs> uh, d- darn, there's no Dale call. No right. oh, oh hey you got a, you got an extra dollar there uh thanks for the dollar <laughs> uh thank you for the dollar I'm, I'm checking on my phone right now real quick 
Yeah, thank you, Brothers fan. fan. Yeah, thank you. And GN sent one as well. Thanks, GN. Good to see you. Thank you. Yep. All right, hit us off, Eric. I'm just gonna blow out the mic. Oh, oh almost, we got the first almost. room. It almost did it. It almost did. All right, All y'all. Right. Goodbye. step here this episode is brought to you by forney industries get it done with green forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines metalworking accessories and more for do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers forney has everything you need for your next project shop forney's top of the line products at forneyind.com that's forney f-o-r-n-e-y ind i-n-d.com or at an authorized forney dealer near you